Desperate Times Call for Desperate Measures is just boomer speak for be gay, do crimes. And welcome to the podcast at Dawn's House because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitters Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife. And today we're talking about Babysitters Club number 40, Claudia and the Middle School Mystery. Did either of you guys read this as kids? Yes. I thought I hadn't and then I read it and then I was pretty sure that I probably had. I think we said before that um, anything with a mystery in it I, th- I think we all we all read it if we could get our hands on it. <laughs> I actually didn't read this one as a kid. Um, so I was like... Oh, really? Yeah, I was coming to this one fresh. But I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I was practically coming to it from fresh. I had no memory whatsoever of the A plot. I also had... The only memory I had of the B plot, like the triplets thing, mm-hmm. was them being... Talking pig Latin, which I had never heard of and had to work out from for, from reading what they did with it, how it worked. <laughs> and then that op language. Oh, yeah. That was the, that's, when I say I know I've read this book before, I mean, I know I definitely read those two pages. <laughs> I remember nothing else. Pig Latin definitely shows up elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I, no, I read, I remember quite a lot of this, um, especially the, uh, the unjust accusation in the first part, but, um, uh, the 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 op language was bonkers. I'm sorry. I don't I don't know if anybody <laughs> ever successfully managed to communicate in that. I I believe that you could broadcast in it, but I don't believe yeah. that you could follow what someone else was saying. Um, which is fine because that's probably what the triplets want to do. They just want to yell secret language at each other. Yeah, it looked like yeah. a lot of effort. <laughs> it's quite hard to follow someone, even if all they're doing is rapidly spelling out the words. Yeah, mm. I used to be able to do that. P-O-P-L-E-F-A-I-D-I-T-Q-U-I-T-E-D-I-F-I-C-U-L-T. <laughs> no, I, I can't follow that at all. I can't, um, I, I lose the train halfway through if somebody yeah. start, spells out a long word for me. Um, so it's like, now just text me it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for technology. Yes. <laughs> I said people find it quite difficult. That's what I spelled, by the way. Ah. There we go. Nobody has to rewind the podcast and try and figure that out. <laughs> I'm sure people were all set to do that. I somebody would have done. Look, that. I would have been okay. I just there's got to be somebody as bad as me there. True. I mean, they may not be listening, but they exist. They do. They do. <laughs> and statistically, they probably are listening. Shall we start with chapter one? <laughs> no, we have to do the covers. Oh right, the covers. Oh, Jesus, I haven't even looked at the covers. Okay, Marianne here has provided all the links. Oh great, thanks. No, no, don't call her Marianne. Marianne is cancelled. <laughs> oh, Marianne is totally cancelled in this book. <laughs> Normally I'm happy to be the Marianne, but not in this book. I would never. <laughs> no, no, no. Just be the Christy. Christy is good in this one. Yeah, yeah. I'll just be the Christy. I'll put on my visor and everything. Okay. <laughs> Our American cover, as always, is like totally grand. Um, We've got Mr. Zorzi looking at two exam papers. Uh, We've got... Uh, Shauna looking like a sassy bitch on one side mm-hmm. and we've got Claudia doing a hilariously theatrical shrug on the other side being <laughs> like what the hell are these bullshit accusations <laughs> yeah and wearing some kind of terrifying like brocaded purple vest thing that is not at all what she's wearing in the book 
Oh, yeah. Hodges just kind of went off on his own fashion tangent here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then our UK cover, it's, I kind of love that it's recognizably the same Mr. Zorzi on the UK cover. Like, he really looks modeled after the guy from the American cover. At least he's not wearing Donald Trump's red tie. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, he's peering over Claudia's shoulder as she's doing an exam. She's wearing a blue and green tie-dyed t-shirt, which is way more in line with what she's wearing in this book. She does look about... She's about 35. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This doesn't look like he's um, checking the schoolwork of a student. This looks like he's um, come up to the office where a plucky young administrator is working away um, on school documentation and he's going to maybe mildly flirt with her. Yeah. Possibly, yes. Because she's also definitely not Asian. No. She might be Spanish. Yeah. 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 That, maybe. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, no, yeah. I get that. And he's peering suggestively over his glasses at her. And it's not it's not even the least bit unwholesome because she's like very clearly of age. So it's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> yeah, like there's no way this child, this is a child. This is somebody who is not even college aged. This yeah. is, you know. You know, she might not be into him, but you know, that's, we can't tell that from this. <laughs> she's old enough to make her own decisions. Also, they, they did manage to just make him be the archetypal math teacher in both covers. Mm. Yeah, it's nicely done. Yeah, he, he radiates maths. Like, this guy does not teach humanities. This is a maths guy. <laughs> there is a slight <laughs> chance he could teach geography. Mm, possibly. But he's really into the kind of, like, how to use the grid on a map end of geography. Yes. Mm. Less about the volcanoes. Exactly. He fills yeah. in, like, you know, when they've got, like, one class that needs teaching a year. Yeah. 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 But mostly maths. Maths, mm. for sure. Yeah. Physics. Okay, glad we've got that. <laughs> Maybe physics, yeah. That's about it, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of a draw, like, cover-wise. I don't think there's a clear winner. Yeah. Or loser. Yeah. I mean, Hodges Willow always has everyone looking the age that they're meant to be, so, like... Mm-hmm. I, I guess he wins. And an actual Asian Claudia, so... I think, yeah, because Claudia looks Asian, the kids, the kids look like kids, and you can glean more of the narrative from Hodges. While it doesn't directly Mm -hmm. represent anything that happened in the book, you can look at that and be like, ah, I see. Once you read the book, you're like, I know what those characters are thinking and doing. That's Mm -hmm. true. Whereas the other one, yes, it's, 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 it's a, an administrator in her thirties being mildly flirted with, by the maths teacher. Mm -hmm. A Spanish administrator in her thirties being mildly flirted (laughs) with by the maths teacher. Mrs. Guzman is like, oh, Podge, get out of it. (laughs) 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 shall we do the book (laughs) yes let's do the book sorry apologies listeners for all the coughing uh me and karen are both getting over covid so there's probably going to be a lot of coughing on this one yeah i did not infect esther with covid nope it was an undisclosed third party definitely who wasn't eva that's definitely not what i'm (laughs) insinuating it actually wasn't me i had i had COVID back in june i'm i'm innocent in this case yeah and also un- uninfected. I just have an unrelated sore throat, so that's fine. Yeah. I, I I was just thinking that today is two weeks out from the infamous um, party. I was <laughs> considering posting a message to the group um, saying, "Like, can we can we uh, declare the super spreader event to be <laughs> to be done?" <laughs> it was a mini spreader event. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, there was only like four cases directly tied to our party, but still. <laughs> 
mini spreader event. Yeah, a mini spreader. Okay. Mid spreader at a, best. A bijou spreader event. Bijou, a very select spreader event. Yeah. Bijou. You know. Ooh. <laughs> Artisanal spreader event. Just, you know, very exclusive and select. They had a charcuterie board and a COVID board. <laughs> and I sampled from the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, chapter one, Janine is coaching Claudia on her maths homework and they're working on fractions. Claudia is getting a good grasp of the material, so she takes the opportunity to zone out and tell us, the reader, who she is and who her family is. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she's in remedial maths, but what she really likes is art and babysitting. She establishes the stakes of the novel, which is that the maths test is going to count towards a big part of her final grade, so she really needs to do well on it. And that Janine has been really coming through for her as a sister lately, coaching her with her maths, even though Janine is totes smart and could be off buying regional snacks on the dark web if she so chose. <laughs> we also get a little bit of lore, which is that their dad is an investment banker. And I don't think we knew that before. He was just no. a generic office guy up to now. And this is why they go on the rich people holidays and do the rich people sports. That's why she does mm. skiing and sailing. That all makes sense. No, no one, no one sails anymore. Sailing has been forgotten. I think sailing is no longer canon. <laughs> no, I think it's specific. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It was canon for one book. He can afford um, to have the most expensive accoutrement, uh, which is a wife who works in the public sector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Claudia is, is giving us a lot of exposition about her relationship with maths. The fact that Mr. Zorzi, her current maths teacher, is a long-term substitute and not a regular maths teacher... Uh, which is a frankly unnecessary level of detail from Ellen Miles, our ghost writer of the week. Maybe she hasn't read all the books and she's worried that a maths teacher may have previously been mentioned in some of the ones that she hasn't read. So she's covering all her bases. Ooh, I like that. I think it's probably more to explain why he would be like, well, I'll believe this child. I feel like that level of unjust behaviour could happen with a teacher that knows you quite well. <coughs> it could, but... He's not meant to be an asshole. I don't have COVID. I swallowed my tea the wrong way. <laughs> he, he's specifically not meant to be an asshole, though. I mean, he is an asshole, but the narrative wants us to think he's not by the end. Yeah, it's interesting. Everybody makes a lot of excuses for Mr. Zorzi um, jumping to conclusions in an unfavorable manner. Huh. Uh, and basically engaging in like discrimination against the dyslexic kid is... is what actually happens in this book. Yeah, I don't have a lot of time for him as an educator. N no. Yeah. I think there's a reason he's not on a full-time contract, is all. <laughs> <laughs> he's only good enough to be a pitch hitter. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, the uh, point of the chapter is Claudia's doing great at fractions and Janine has absolute faith in her ability to ace this test. Claudia does not have the same faith, but... Uh, <laughs> She's touched by Janine's trust. Janine is a saint in this book. Janine is great in this. Janine is great. This is the best Janine we've seen, I think. Yes. I think so. Hey, is this the first mention? Are these recurring, the princess dye earrings? Is this the first mention of them? I think they're a recurring Claudia item. Are they? Give us the description of them there. I thought I'd start with my lucky earrings, the ones that look like princess dyes. They're huge pretend emeralds surrounded by thousands of tiny phony diamonds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just have a feeling that their Claudia's Princess Die earrings get mentioned again. Huh. 
Maybe I'm actually, maybe I remember a third detail from this book that isn't fake language related. <laughs> we must keep our eyes peeled for the Princess Di earrings. Yeah. That would be some nice continuity if somebody had a, um, a favourite item of uh, jewellery. That seems like a pretty good outfit, actually. Yeah. She never normally repeats outfits or accessories. Like, it's always mm-hmm. new earrings every book. So I'm fascinated yeah. if we have, like, earring continuity here. Who knows? Maybe it was just familiar because I had read this book, um, whereas I was just like, oh, I'm pretty sure those get mentioned a lot, but I could be misremembering after a million and five years. <laughs> also, you wouldn't catch me out in some leaky old rowboat for even five minutes. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Uh, there's a word problem um, where she has to work out how long or how much it would cost Jack and Jill to rent a robot for two uh, rent <laughs> a robot for two and a half hours okay that would be that would be quite a different maths problem um, <laughs> you wouldn't catch me out in some leaky old robot for you robot robot for even five minutes do you want to give that another try there <laughs> You wouldn't catch me out in some leaky old kaiju for even five minutes. <laughs> Rental kaijus are so bourgeois. Oh my god. That actually sounds very hazardous. <laughs> Rental kaijus? They're not recommended. <laughs> Unless you know the maintenance history on your kaiju. Like, don't go near it. Is the kaiju the monster or the, the, um, the machine that fights the monsters? I think... I literally can't remember. Oh god, no, I can't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I think it's the monster, though, guys. God damn it. Well, you definitely don't want to go on one of those. <laughs> I'm googling. Oh yeah, it is the giant monster. What were they called in... Uh, what were they being fought by? How do you Google that? Uh, I don't know. I just remember that fanfic where the Irish one was run by the entire Kilkenny hurling team. <laughs> Big robot for fighting monsters. <laughs> Pacific Rim. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, I accidentally googled big robot fighting movies and I'm getting a bunch of movie recommendations. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure they're fun, but... uh, Oh, they're called Jaegers? Jaegers, that's it. Stupid Mm. name. Yeah, it's dumb. I never thought it was good. Well, um... Damn it, that entire two minutes just made no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we can we can put it in the outtakes. <laughs> let's let's all pretend that kaiju means giant robot for the purposes of this bit. <laughs> <laughs> let's make the section of our audience that is <laughs> young, angry fanboys of um, Pacific Rim really mad. Those guys will be really angry at us. I think we can probably <laughs> survive this. It's that one guy, it's Brad from New Jersey. I have a feeling, however, we probably have. A not insignificant section of our audience, while they're probably not angry fanboys, we probably have a large audience quotient who enjoys correcting people, though. (laughs) And they probably are like, wait, they keep saying don't add us, let's not add them, but it probably kills them a little inside. I think they're very polite if they take our exhortation for them to not add us as reason to not add us. To be fair, someone did, and it was really new and valuable information, and oh, yeah. it was great, and I can't remember um, what it was now, but like... But that was great, yeah, because that person was like, no, now is the moment to break the rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was correct. Anytime, yeah, anytime we have been at it, it's actually been lovely. And, yes. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, we, got, we got a detailed explanation of toaster ovens as well, and we really appreciated yes. that. Oh, yes, yeah. it was the Perkins girls and why Anne yes. um, gives them... Um, skills and talents that are kind of above their age yes. 
that it was a, so. it was a deeply thought out and well researched adding and yes. thank you for that. oh no we were delighted with it like yeah no this is this is good <laughs> this, All right. is, this is what we did it for will we okay. try the leaky old rowboat again <laughs> no let, i think we should just move to chapter two let's this is dead let's move on this is bad okay. <laughs> we'll get bogged down in leaky rowboats <laughs> Like okay. so many sailors from the Civic Center. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Janine heads off. Claudia finishes up the rest of her homework and rings Stacy, who gives her another pep talk about the test. Uh, Stacy has also been helping to coach Claudia. Um, I'm absolutely in awe of like Claudia's insanely good support network here. Um, Stacy has been mm. like coaching her in the lunchroom. And is convinced that Claudia is going to do okay, uh, but Claudia is still not so sure. Can I just say, um, Claudia would do so well if she only applied herself, um, and then she applies the fuck out of herself <laughs> at this test, like, and she actually yep. does do really well. And is brutally punished for it, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like there's a lesson there. <laughs> but, like, she's getting an A- minus in remedial maths when she absolutely grinds and has two different people coaching her. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's not sustainable for across her subjects. Yep. Like, I don't, please, please, please just accept that she's a C student, please. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> yep. Send her to our college. So, yes, we get the, the lore on everybody's family situation. And uh, we hear that Watson Brewer is one of Stony Brook's millionaires. Um, I love that there's apparently just a bunch of them now. I mean, I suppose that's who else lives in his neighborhood. I was going to say, it's, it's, yeah, it's the street Christy lives on there. Yes, I also like that Christy's only fault, maybe that she kind of has his big mouth. And it's like, no, it's that she's insanely bossy. <laughs> <laughs> Christy shows, she's, Christy is showing her good side in this one. So um, I, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with Christy's whole shtick here. But yes. Oh, Christy she, is great in this one, but also the big mouth is not her major fault. Yes, yeah, she has multiple faults. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're um, told, not shown, that Marianne is the most sensitive soul in the universe, which we're going to come back to. Mm-hmm. Oh, so sensitive. Yeah, so sensitive. Um, we get the interesting detail that Claudia views Logan Bruno as incredibly cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dom is absolutely gorgeous. Blonde? They don't come any blonder. <laughs> but also, you'd know her for a California girl the, the minute you saw her. She's absolutely gorgeous. That is the only criterion, yep. apparently. <laughs> gorgeous and blonde. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. I saw a gorgeous person. I was like, wow, they must be Californian. Stacy and Claudia became friends when Stacy first moved to Stony Brook because they both have sophisticated taste in clothes. But now their <laughs> friendship is much deeper. <laughs> that is very... Dion and I are friends because we both know what it's like to have people be jealous of us. Yes. <laughs> I feel yes. like that's like a very reasonable way to yeah. initiate a friendship. You know, it is, it is. It's clearly based on a lot of other stuff now. It's just a hilariously conceited way to describe it, though. <laughs> it is, it is. But at the same time, like, I would deliberately go and make friends with the other person who was wearing a nerdy t-shirt or, mm-hmm. like, let's face it, the endless members of the Murnettes with Glasses Club. <laughs> like, you know. My ex-boyfriend um, once saved us all from a somewhat dodgy travel situation um when we were standing around freaking out that um we'd got the wrong train and we're stranded in the middle of nowhere um by uh going up to the other guy on the train platform wearing a faith no more t-shirt and be like hey you're like faith no more 
Um, nice. And the the guy turned out to have a girlfriend with a large van who was able to drive us to our campsite. Ooh, amazing. <laughs> it was great. It was one of the few times that guy was useful. <laughs> I now thinking about it, I do think there may have been an element of that guy with the face no more t-shirt might have weed. <laughs> yeah. And did he? Uh, we History does not record. Possibly. <laughs> the van was the more important element. <laughs> Says you. Oh my God. Don't even, don't even get me started. <laughs> Stoner X's. Okay. We have um, yet more pancreas continuity. Uh, Stacy is still not feeling too good these days. Claudia is concerned, but she doesn't let her diabetes cramp her style. And Claudia informs us that... Um, Jesse no longer experiences racism from the townspeople, so that's all good. <laughs> uh, she didn't say that. I think what she said was um, she experienced some racism at first, but now she's really settled in. <laughs> <laughs> now she's accepted the racism and Cartman moves on with it. Just deals with it as part of her daily life. True. That I think that's a possible interpretation here of yes. what living in Stony Brook is like. Well, no. Okay, to be fair... There are plenty of people, blah, blah, Jesse Colour makes no difference to any of us. There are plenty of people in Stony Brook felt otherwise, at least first. Now I'd say Jesse is pretty happily settled here. That does imply that the racism mm-hmm. just went away. It's fine. Or it, it died down to a background hum. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure. It, I mean, yes, obviously it died down to a background hum. Are the, 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 the people who didn't like them, at least at first, are like, well, you know... As a rule, I don't like black people, but you guys seem fine. <laughs> or either that, or they kind of realise they weren't in the majority and shut up. Yeah, they're mm. keeping it to themselves a bit more these days, so the other babysitters haven't noticed. You know, it's 90s racism, the kind of white people are completely oblivious to. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes, exactly. It's They started with 50s racism, because, yeah, <laughs> all pop culture references in these books are from the 50s. And yeah, they moved true. on to 90s racism, where it's more, you know, implicit. And it's just, yeah, implicit bias, microaggressions, you know, it's fine. Exactly. Yeah, it's grand. <laughs> Jesse's having a great time here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Claudia knows nothing about racism either. <laughs> mm-hmm. You wouldn't think so from reading these books, but. Yep. There's only that one book where it ever happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very special book. And it's just about racism. Of course. Racism is, you know, confined to specific discrete incidences in your life. It, it doesn't permeate anything. No. When you're having a book, <laughs> when you're living through a book on the subject. Yeah. You have that one time that you faced racism and then it ends. And then, you know, there's a reset button and it's grand and then it's Halloween again. Before <laughs> you know it. Thank God for Halloween. I know, right? Okay. Um... There is a bit in this chapter I quite liked. Um, mm-hmm. I think we've talked before about Ellen Miles being quite good at, um, yeah. you know, uh, including the level of background detail that makes things feel quite believable and like yeah. weaving in all these long-winded explanations um, in a way that feels more seamless than an awful lot of the, <laughs> <laughs> the other um, ghostwriters. Um, Claudia mentions that she doesn't like writing in the club notebook, um, just cause, partly because it's a lot of work, but she says, and sometimes I admit it, I'm a little embarrassed by how bad my spelling is. My friends never laugh at me, but I can guess what they must be thinking. I'm like, oh God, yeah, that would be really awkward if you're like, yeah, like somebody who struggles with writing, yeah, um, that you have to do this kind of semi-public chore very regularly and then have all your friends assess it. <laughs> Because Christy will kick your ass if you don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's hard work. Like, 
Imagine if you were shit at drawing and you had to contribute to like an art book every week and have Christ. all your friends look at it like, that would be horrible. <laughs> what are these stick figures? Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice bit of like, yeah, actually thinking through what this would be like to experience, which mm-hmm. a lot of the ghostwriters don't do. Yeah. They're just like, hey, it's a, this club is great. <laughs> Let me explain to you for the... 47th time how everything works so next chapter claudia is actually doing the test and she's a bit nervous at first but then she calms down and gets through it and she feels that it's all gone really well she's uh, comes out in a great mood ellen miles has also done her snack food research <laughs> because the girls go to a meeting after school and we have different types of snacks they're not just all cakes with goo in the middle yes this is what we love there's M&M's and Fritos for the people who eat normal food and whole wheat crackers for Don and Stacy, which is so depressing. <laughs> I get, like, you can taste the dryness of that on your tongue. That's, that's grim. Mm, but at yeah. least there's multiple kinds of snack foods for the people that eat snack foods. True. And there's a savoury snack and a sweet one. I like that. We we barely see that. Like, oh, have some ding-dongs and some ho-hos. They're indistinguishable. (laughs) Enjoy yourselves. I hope you're in the mood for that. They're mixing it up, and I like that. (laughs) While they wait for everyone to turn up, she stares at Christy in the director's chair and thinks about the history of the Babysitter's Club. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if she thinks hard enough about it, she'll, like, cause Christy to levitate out of the chair. I mean, I feel like Christy just thinks this is her due. She just sits there and the others gaze admiringly up at her and like <laughs> revel in her power and think about how many great ideas she's had. <laughs> I mean, they literally do though. So yeah, yeah, one of them every meeting kind of is like, Christy. They also think about how big her mouth is though. <laughs> they <laughs> That's do. True. I guess she doesn't know that. Listeners, Aoife just did the best montage face and I wish you could have seen it. Um, it was, it was, I'm sorry. It was a beautiful exemplar of how a person looks when they're having a montage. (laughs) This is a non-visual medium. I don't know why I wasted my effort, but I did. Well, we appreciated it. Oh, thank you. We'll we'll keep it for the TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That would be a good TikTok, actually. Yeah, just do like you like thinking through the different... uh... (laughs) Somebody could do a voiceover. (laughs) But I mean, they're... There already are TikToks like that, and then it's a, there's a voiceover for whatever, so. Yeah, but um, they, they don't have you in them. <laughs> N- no, it's it's true. What TikTok needs is more 40-year-old women. <laughs> yeah, it does, though. <laughs> Everything needs more 40-year-old women. <laughs> it needs fewer far-righters, Eva, and after that, it's all up for grabs. <laughs> yeah, crowd them out with your face. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Start recommending Marxist monologues to me. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. One of us can narrate them over you having a montage face. It'll be yeah, <laughs> ratings gold. A Marx montage. <laughs> Here's Eva <laughs> dreaming about seizing the means of production. <laughs> Which means of production should I seize today? <laughs> I opened my wardrobe. <laughs> 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 Stop being so entertaining, you guys. I blame Karl Marx. (laughs) I blame the bourgeoisie. Mm. So would Karl Marx. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, We get yet another mention of how sensitive Marianne is. 
Um, and that it's lucky that Stacy isn't as sensitive as Marianne because everyone complains about collecting their dues and Marianne couldn't handle the emotional trauma of that. Well, that's true. She couldn't. She no, doesn't like anything true. directed at herself. Speaking of fucking Marianne, this is where she begins to suck. Yes. So mm-hmm. they have their meeting and Claudia tells everyone that her exam went great and she shares out lots of snacks to celebrate. Yeah. She's so proud. I know. I'm so happy for her. I know. She, she even digs up extra Oreos because she's extra excited and proud and wants to tell everyone how great she got on. And then Marianne says, don't you think you should wait to celebrate until you get your test back? To which my notes just say, fuck Marianne. Yeah, I have that note on several points later on in the book as well. My, my note says, the sensitive one. Mm-hmm. The absolute wettest blanket ever. Like, like, what is her fucking problem? If someone said this to me, I would assume they were mad at me. Yes. Yeah, like... You would assume she, from this book, you would assume she really didn't like Claudia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, really didn't think much of her. Or, you know? like, like Marianne's bonus is dependent on Claudia getting this <laughs> test. <laughs> like, it's got that kind of vibe. Um, that's what this comment is saying to me. Like, you know, I'm a bit stressed over this, um, and I think you're celebrating too soon. Whereas it's just like, chill out. She's, she's had a good day. Yeah. <laughs> Let her enjoy herself. This doesn't happen very often. Weirdly, because the Marianne in the show is quite an anxious person and the Netflix <laughs> adaptation is quite an anxious person, I can see her delivering this line and it not being mean and it just being like she's subsumed with anxiety at the thought of celebrating a result before you've got a result. <gasps> but the Marianne in these books is not... that. That's not particularly her no yeah i know what you mean there's no sense of that here it is literally just don't you think you should wait to celebrate until you get your test back like that's basically i i don't think you're actually smart enough to have done well in a test claudia yeah Yeah, that's all that is that's all that is it's terrible Mm -hmm. it sucks so much i mean it's meant to be foreshadowing i think because of the dun 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 that's gonna happen the next day um but it, it just is Marianne being a prick. <laughs> yeah, she has no reason to think anything would go wrong, aside from a just generalised lack of faith in Claudia. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah. Hashtag yep. sensitive. <laughs> yeah, the next day, Claudia is still feeling kind of bummed out by Marianne's comment. Mm-hmm. She says, I, ju- I knew Marianne hadn't meant to upset me, and what she'd said was only common sense, but I just wouldn't feel at ease until I'd seen my grade. Yeah, I'm never not going to be mad at Marianne for, like, harshing her buzz like this mm-hmm. yeah. but she gets a 94% and she's ecstatic and I'm so happy for her then it all instantly falls apart because uh, Mr. Zorzi asks her and Shauna Riverson to stay and talk to him after class and it's so heartbreaking because Claudia thinks that he wants her to stay late so that he can congratulate her personally and like Oof. Poor the little cinnamon roll. I feel so bad for the her. The fall from the the celebratory high. Yeah, it's terrible. I know. Um. So he points out that she and Shauna got exactly the same score and the questions that they did get wrong, they got wrong in exactly the same way. And that one of them must have copied off the other. Can I actually jump in here? There's something that mm-hmm. struck out stuck out to me at yeah. um, this point where uh, 
they he shows them they've got the same grade and Claudia's like, huh, that's weird. Um, and then he's like, okay. And he shows, um, he points to a question Claudia got wrong. And she says, I think I understood what I did here, what I did there, Mr. Zorzi. I said, I should have multiplied by the reciprocal instead of dividing, right? Beside me, Shauna nodded as if she agreed. So Claudia, in this very conversation, has provided um, a evidence that she understands yeah. what the material was. Yeah. Um, yep. But Mr. Zorzi has already clearly decided going into this um, that yep. one of them has cheated and he knows which one it is. And so he's actually ignoring what she's said right here. Earlier in the conversation, she's called his walking up happily. Shauna knows what's going on mm-hmm. and is prepped. Shauna was right beside me looking bewildered. <laughs> she's mm. in the drama club, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I just, I, I think it's like, like rereading this because we read this book twice because we didn't get around to recording it the first time. This is a Cursed by Jared Mulray book. Oh, this book yeah, is just, so Cursed by took, Jared Mulray. Yeah, we, it's, it's been like a month. We, we are now actually recording it. <laughs> um, so you, you pick up on extra details when you've read it twice. Yes. Um, and yeah, he's just, he's clearly gone into this being like, oh, I know how this is going to go down. Yeah. Yeah. So Shauna literally just goes... Mr. Zorzi, you're not my regular teacher, so you don't know me that well. If you did, you'd know that I would never cheat on a test. And Mr. Zorzi fucking accepts that as proof of her innocence and lets her go. It's ridiculous. This is a show trial. The popular blonde girl <laughs> does, you know, get gets away with it. Yeah, she, she pulls a white privilege, basically. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mr. Zorzi, like, is trash like this is this is Mm -hmm. such bullshit so yeah basically he says that like you know he understands why claudia did this because she works so hard and does so badly anyway but you know she can't go on like this and she's in big trouble and it's just kind of heartbreaking because claudia like immediately feels that like she's already lost this and nobody's ever going to believe her because she, mm-hmm. everybody knows how dumb she is basically yeah it's it's really well written and it's a real like it's really depressing mm-hmm. it's re- it's hard like it's hard to read you're like oh man it's, yeah this is a really good scene like i probably read it four or five times now it's really good yeah it is um yeah so shauna basically is good at everything except maths so like she's got a reputation for being smart basically and Claudia doesn't and so yeah she she just kind of gives up could we have a little backstory on Shauna um while we're here yeah so Shauna is a really good student in everything but math as you said but even in our remedial math class she usually gets the best grades she always studies hard for tests Shauna is also incredibly popular she has this huge group of friends she's in the drama club and always gets the leading roles in their plays mm. and she's a member of the pep squad Miss Stonybrook Middle School that's Shauna um, okay, so we've really laid out the, the villain <laughs> yeah. ground grounding here. Oh yeah, her. I, I quite enjoy the descriptions of Shauna um, and her horrible friends. Actually, in this book, they <laughs> yes. have more personality than Koki and Grace, who are just sort of yeah. generic villains um, who are motivated by badness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, they just want to fuck shit up. <laughs> yes, they want to see the world burn. Um, Shauna and the others have more kind of no. That said, Koki's motivations are, and her friends, Koki and Grace, etc. That's very realistic for 13-year-old girls, though. <laughs> true. What's your motivation? Being a bitch. Okay. Also, they have the hots for Logan, which I think is um, a motivating factor. 
Whereas um, Sean is kind of scarier because it's very opportunistic. Um, yeah. She has no particular beef with Claudia. She's just spotted that Claudia would be convenient for her in this particular instance. Yeah, it's real cold. Yeah. It, it is. And then she's like, lol, I got away with it. But as we will, as we will see when we come to it. <laughs> mm. I don't know if that we see Shauna again. Um, I think Shauna is like, it is like a, a one-shot villain. <laughs> She'd be much better than Koki and Grace though for, as a returning yeah. character. Yeah, she's unsettling in a way that they aren't because mm. they're such idiots and just manage to get richly humiliated every Halloween. They do the same <laughs> trick and then are don't understand why it like it doesn't it's not work. Doesn't work on Shauna because she's not a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah. Aww. So yeah, um, our hearts kind of break for Claudia. She's like, she's so sad, and she's like, she's even glad that she doesn't see any of her friends because she knows that they would take one look at her and know that something was wrong. She hides mm. in the bathroom for the whole lunch break. No, yeah, I get that though. I think that's like I c- I will be glad of their support later, but right now I can't. I can't even discuss yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna avoid everybody. Oh, yeah, that's awful. She ends the chapter with all I could think was, if this is what I get for studying, I may never crack a book again. And like, it's so yeah. sad because like yeah, she worked so hard and it's bitten her in the ass. There is a pattern of Claudia being punished for like putting in effort and getting decent grades. <laughs> like, yep. when they're not decent enough. So, yeah. So, mm. next chapter we cut to Pike carry on. <laughs> it doesn't quite reach the level of the usual Pike bullshit because nobody's mm. grotesquely offensive. There's actually no misogyny in this chapter, I think. Yeah. It's weird. There's, yeah, they're being ill-behaved in various ways <laughs> yeah. but they're not uh, yeah they're, they're not being terrible people uh, for a change Claire is being kind of pissy about playing hopscotch <laughs> in that very realistic no you're doing it wrong small child way oh yes. my god I'm very familiar with that <laughs> <laughs> oh can I say there's a um, there's a description in this which I think is delightful at the start of it where um, so uh, Stacy is babysitting um in part because Mrs. Pike is taking Margot, Nikki and Vanessa for a trip to the mall to buy clothes. Um, and uh, she explains that she didn't want to bring all eight of them at once. And the line is, Stacy tried for a moment, she told me later, to picture a trip to the mall with all eight pikes. The image was too horrible <laughs> to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I also love this so much because Stacy regularly goes away on holiday with them to do babysitting. And um, it's like, there's just such awareness of the whole thing. <laughs> She's right. It would be a hellscape. It, she's just not mincing words. Um, no. It would not be stressful. It would not be difficult. It would be horrible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it would. So the kids go and they're playing various things. Um, Stacy is playing hopscotch with Claire to Claire's exacting specifications. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also bearing in mind Karen's new headcanon that when Claire says silly Billy Goo Goo, it's actually her euphemism for swearing. Yeah. Which makes every Claire scene much more entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Stacy, you prick. <laughs> it's like Flanders when he says doodly. It turns out all that time he was just suppressing his rage. Uh, Claire does not suppress her rage. Claire's rage is all on the surface because Claire is five. And that's that's fair. Claire skins her knee. Um, Stacy takes her in to minister to her. And in the meantime, the triplets... Um, break a window. Yes. In the course of baseballery. 
baseballery. <laughs> oh, yes, baseballery. And um, the three lads um, refuse to tell her who is actually responsible for the window, which it turns out is a big deal and everybody wants to know who it is instead of just saying yeah. it happened while you were playing baseball. So they really kind of labour this point. Yes. This entire thing is a parenting shit show. <laughs> really yeah, is. it's very confusing. Um, so I think from what eventually happens, it appears that the triplets don't actually really know which one of them did it. Yeah. Um, but what they do is they say, oh, we're gonna, we're not gonna tell you. Um, we're gonna be like the three musketeers, all for one and one for all. We're all gonna stick together. Um, because triplets or something. So they won't say who it is that broke the window. When Mrs. Pike gets home, they have to explain about this. Um, and, uh, Mrs. Pike says, ordinarily I'd let this go, but this is the fourth window you've broken in the last three months. This can't continue. Um, since you won't tell me who did it, I'm going to have to punish all three of you. You'll be grounded until you admit which one of you is a culprit. Also, none of you will get an allowance until that window is paid for. So she's trying, she's doing this ostensibly to force them to say who it is that, um, has broken the window. Yeah. But they just say they won't tell her. But actually, they don't actually know. (laughs) Here's my question. Yeah. If you allow your children to play baseball in the yard, Mm -hmm. whose fault really is it when windows get broken? (laughs) The first or second time, maybe. But the fourth time is... Yeah. It's different if there's if there's some sort of tomfoolery or horseplay going on, if they're not allowed play within X distance of the house and they do, but none of that comes up. This was they're hiding it as though somebody has misbehaved. It's treated mm-hmm. as though somebody has misbehaved and what it is is an accident. Yeah. Yeah. And I am so angry that they act like someone needs to get into trouble for this. I'm yeah. so mad about it. It 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 doesn't make any sense, and the way they deal with it in the end doesn't make any sense. It's clearly like everyone is too tired to continue. <laughs> yeah. the, yes, it's a war with the, of with the rules that they laid down. Yeah, because the rules bullshit anyway. And yes, it is an excellent point that if they already broke three windows, that was probably the time to ban baseball in the yard. It's clearly not working out. Or say, sorry, guys, if you're playing in the yard, you have to use Claire's wiffle ball. (laughs) (laughs) It's not anybody's fault. Like when you play baseball, sometimes the ball goes where you don't intend Mm -hmm. it to. That's like a nature of the sport. It's It's not a discipline issue. (laughs) Yeah, this is not. It's it's not like you have a serial window breaker. Like somebody's like, hey, watch me break the window. Like you have a little arsonist or something. (laughs) It's it's literally just, yeah, a sporting mishap. Yeah, they're not practicing pitch and put in the direction of the house <laughs> they're just playing this game that you allow them to play in the yard yeah i'm thinking about gomez adams um <laughs> putting balls off the roof into his neighbor's conservatory which yes <laughs> Ooh, that neighbor guy also looks really like mr zorzi on the front cover of the uk <laughs> yeah <laughs> like- it's a type <laughs> yes angry slightly mustachey middle-aged maths teacher type guy yes okay that's irrelevant sorry <laughs> none of this really makes any sense if you look too hard at it mm-hmm. and it's a very tenuous connection to the a plot it is something 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 about guilt and innocence or something yeah it's it's a very yeah vague variation on the themes of the novel. They should have picked something where there could be actual culpability. 
Yes. Because mm-hmm. the baseball thing doesn't work at all. Even if they had said, like, right, you've been explicitly forbidden to play baseball in the backyard because you keep breaking windows, and then they yeah. did it. But then they would all be obviously guilty, and there would be no kind of, ooh, who did it? Are we punishing the wrong person? Should yeah. we punish everybody for the fault? Blah, blah, blah. That doesn't work, and it doesn't work as it does anyway. Nobody should be punished. Anyway. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This isn't Dutch. It's just nonsense. Meanwhile, poor Claudia is sitting sadly in her room. Ruminating. Ruminating, yeah, and fretting. Mm-hmm. Um, she can hear somebody has phoned the house, and she reckons it's the school telling them what happened. And she can hear her so parents stressful. and Janine having serious talks downstairs. I hate being able to partially hear a conversation through the wall. Like I immediately start to think it's something, it's something terrible, or that they're talking about me, and it's bad. <laughs> And they are, and it is. I know, and she knows that there's, you know, that it's gonna, it's not gonna be good. (laughs) So she considers living in her room forever for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. But then she can smell that it's tacos for dinner. And And they tell her to come down and eat tacos. And she's like, no, actually, I will. (laughs) This isn't such a good plan. (laughs) That is the most believable thing. I love that. (laughs) Then her enjoyment of the tacos is ruined because Claudia is just not allowed to have nice things in this book at all. Yeah. Because her family starts to ask her about the cheating. I would have let her eat dinner first, but... Yeah, Yeah, I know. Like, let her have one nice meal before all of this kicks off. They very dramatically wait until she is about to bite into a taco. <laughs> just like, like, that's just sadistic. Yeah, that's like an interrogation tactic, quite frankly. And like, like, also, a taco is time sensitive. Like, it's, yes, it's going it to start oozing everywhere if you don't get it into your mouth, like, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess they're just, like, wrong-footing her. <laughs> but it's very, it's very unkind. It is. She says she didn't do it. And we'd like to believe you, Claude, said my father. Oh, no, the taco was an interrogation technique. They're definitely like, yeah, like trying to suss her out. Even if they don't necessarily think she did it, they want to like, bam. (laughs) They're doing mind games. They're doing mind games and it's terrible. And um, Janine isn't having any of it, which is great. Janine, yes. (laughs) Bam, into the rescue. Like, I do believe her. There's no question about it. Claudia knew that material cold. Good girl, Janine. Which is great because it's not just blind faith in my sister. It's no, I am a witness. I yeah, saw no, her learn that stuff and she was good. Yeah. She didn't, she had no need to cheat. And also, but then she does the blind faith as well. Yeah. Besides, Claudia is not a cheater. Do you know, people are like, they put more stress on the importance of someone's belief in you and the belief they would never do a thing. But when there's also hard evidence. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I I would like both of those things to work in my favor if I'm being unjustly accused. Like, like exactly. it's yeah, it's it's almost not as good to have somebody be like, no, I know you would never do that because, like, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Janine is canonically the smartest person who has ever lived. Yeah, yes. and she says Claudia was capable of getting that A. So <laughs> we have to accept that. She's calculated the possibility of Claudia cheating and it is 0.0%. Exactly. <laughs> and oh. the parents are, are properly shamed by this, which is good. Yes. yes. <laughs> and they apologise to her for thinking that she could have possibly cheated. Yes. And, you know, uh, if they did more apologising in general, things would be a lot better. <laughs> hmm. She also points out that the principal seems a little bit doubtful about it as well, which is good. I think the principal is is actually taking a you know, a good stance on this here. He's not just accepting 
the maths teacher's word for it, who's like, huh, this doesn't seem like it's been fully investigated, but I guess I'll notify all the, you know, the yes. correct parties. Yeah. Yeah, I think the principal has good instincts here. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, God, that source is an awful fucking bullshitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he sounds like. Oh, I suppose he's the teacher. I have to go and tell them, uh, wait to yeah. see how this turns out. Yeah. Really hard to get substitutes. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. This time here. He's sensitive to the, to the jurisdictional issues here and he doesn't want to override Mr. Zorzi unnecessarily, but he has his doubts. He's mm. waiting to find, he's waiting for that shoe to drop. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Claudia's parents offer to get involved, but she doesn't want them to meddle because then there wouldn't be a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and like, I remember not wanting my parents to like get involved with school stuff either, but it would have been way simpler if I'd just been like, no, go in there and sort that out for me, please. <laughs> please solve my problems. I can't be dealing with grown-ups. Like. This, an injustice from a teacher, I would have been so glad if an adult could step in on that because I was very aware that like, I was powerless there, but they were another adult. I mean, my mom did come and like, have a word with a teacher of mine who bollocked me out of it, made me cry in front of the class. And um, my, my brother, she used to give out to you if you looked at your watch during her class, she would confiscate the watch <laughs> oh because God. how dare you indicate <sighs> you wanted time to pass in her class. So my brother, who also had her, drew a watch <gasps> on his arm and ostentatiously looked at it until ostentatiously looked at it until she spotted him and demanded he hand over the watch and then was like, I'm not. he said the detention was so worth it. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Good work, Rory. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Just see him sitting in detention, just eating a foam football. Like, <laughs> <laughs> making eye contact with her. Hey, that was primary school. But, uh, <laughs> I like to believe he still does it to this day. I just picture at all times he was eating a foam football. Like, that's just how we picture that, it. That was his thing. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, we can pretend. He was way more popular and cool than than he would have been if he had been constantly eating foam footballs in public. <laughs> you know, some people have a quirk and people find it charming. <laughs> yeah, I feel like at, at at me and Karen's alma mater, being the guy who always ate a foam football could absolutely <laughs> get you, like, quite a lot of clout. Just galvanise your social life, really. Yeah. Yeah, not where we went to school. <laughs> I remember um, when Esther's nephew took to wearing a tail in yep. our school... Um, yep. I asked my cousin who was there at the time if he knew the boy with the tail and he was like, oh yeah, everyone knows the guy with the tail. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> I think about getting a tail for myself. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The kids are all right. Well, I mean, they're young adults now, but you know, back then the kids were all right too. He went to art college. <laughs> Unsurprisingly. <laughs> that vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and my cousin's a poet now as well. So <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. So yes, Claudia refuses to let her parents get involved, but she is very worried because the only way she can pass the class now is to get A's in all the other maths tests for the rest of the year. And she's worried that she will have to leave the club if she fails maths. But Janine is confident that they can like study really hard and she can get A's on everything else. But yeah, Claudia is obviously still really upset. Uh, Janine is full of praise for her getting the A- minus on this test, though. Mm. Which is, again, so heartwarming. Yeah. So Claudia explains everything, and Janine kind of tries to, like, puzzle it out with her and figure out, is there any reason why Shauna would have cheated, and can she 
remember Shauna looking at her test or anything like that. But um, all Claudia can remember is what outfit she was wearing at the time, which is very on brand. Yeah. <laughs> also, she was focused on the test. <laughs> yeah. Like, and we got a good description of her actually doing the test. And she's like, she's clearly really absorbed in what she's doing. First, she's panicked. And then she's like, oh, okay, I've, I've worked out. I've done one one question. I feel better about it. I'm going to work my way through. It's going to be fine. Um, Like, we know exactly what her mind was doing at that point in time. Like, it's it's perfectly understandable that she wasn't aware of what everyone else in the class was doing. It's like, that's not what you're supposed to be focused on. But it is hilarious that Janine is, is trying to do some kind of, like, hypnosis, like, memory, <laughs> memory <laughs> regression therapy. Past yeah. life regression. <laughs> Past life from two days ago. When yes. The math test. <laughs> Claudia is feeling miserable about, um, you know, her A- minus has been taken away from her and Janine worked so hard and now it was all for nothing. And she's not... sure that her parents do believe her that she didn't cheat, which I can absolutely understand because her parents have zero faith in her ever. Mm, And it's so sad. It sucks. Poor Claudia. Like this just, I just want to give that kid a hug. I know. You know, there's lots of books where a babysitter has a problem, but like you don't really empathize that much with them. Mm -hmm. But like this one is well written enough that you actually just feel really bad for Claudia the whole time. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's fantastic. My my notes have so many sad face emojis. It's very it's very well constructed and like I don't think the Kishis necessarily do think that she cheated, but I can fully understand why. Like I, I they they sound like they're properly ashamed of themselves when they apologize to her. Yeah. yeah. Um that they, they they feel bad that they entertained the thought even yeah. briefly. And also like they probably think Janine is right. <laughs> like because <laughs> yes. at the end of the day they don't have to take Claudia's word for it. They have her tutor. <laughs> the smartest person who's ever lived. Who's ever lived and who also like is in a position to know. So yeah, but but yeah. like obviously like Claudia's faith in them is shook. So mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, it's just that's just really sad. Yeah, they've given her no reason to trust them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To think that they would trust her. So yeah, oh. it sucks. Yeah. Shauna, you're a homewrecker. <laughs> yes. Well, Shauna is exposing the cracks that were already there. Their mm. shitty parenting mm-hmm. chickens are coming home to roost. It's just, it's just this. She's just gonna have a lot to talk about in therapy later. It's fine when she's older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next chapter, um, they're at a club meeting, and Claudia has explained the situation to everybody, and she's like, again, like touched and surprised that everyone is on her side and views this as a club problem rather than just her problem. So she gives them Malamars to thank them for their support. Yeah, we looked up Malamar's last book and I still keep thinking that I hope there's some way we can get Malamar's because they sound great. (laughs) I looked up Fig Newtons to make sure that they really were what I assumed they were, which is Fig Rolls, and they are. And then for some reason, I obviously pasted a paragraph of interesting, not very Fig Roll information (laughs) in my note. Until the late 19th century, many physicians believed that most illnesses were related to digestive problems and recommended a daily intake of biscuits and fruit. Fig rolls were the ideal solution to this advice. They were locally produced and handmade product brought to the US by British immigrants. They are produced by an extrusion process. That last bit is because of the question about how do you get the figs into the figure? It's an extrusion process. That's Uh, the answer. I mean, given that presumably the um, positive digestive effects they have 
is about pooping. Yeah. I mean, that's also an extrusion process. So. <laughs> that's true. It is very apt. It's extrusion all the way down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued by the idea of a medically recommended daily dose of biscuits. Like, I'm all over that. I know. I think biscuits were way less fun back then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fig rolls are almost the least fun biscuit. It's like, they're at the bottom of the tier. They feel very good for you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a fig roll is one of your five a day. <laughs> I feel virtuous when I eat fig rolls. Like, I don't really enjoy them at all. <laughs> <laughs> they're not even like one of the bottom tier biscuits that is like massively enhanced by dipping them in tea. Yeah, no, you- they're just like, you know, I'll eat it if somebody really wants me to. <laughs> For some reason. I mean, I'm quite fond of fig rolls, but I feel like that says non-complimentary things about my personality and how exciting <laughs> I am or am as a person. <laughs> I wonder if this would be a good like icebreaker question where it's like, what is the um the the the, the lowest prestige biscuit that you actively enjoy? <laughs> oh. What's the worst cookie that you will welcome eating if someone offers you <laughs> yeah Ooh. Mm. i mean a, dig- a plain digestive has to be plain digestives are pretty good i reckon i could like i could enjoy a rich tea if somebody gave me like a hot drink to go with it oh i love rich tea yeah. with a hot drink yeah rich tea d- dunked but you see no but dunk free okay yeah. butter but dunking be- free just the biscuit on its own yeah, the pure biscuit even so i would get down with a rich tea yeah wow I used to call them teacher biscuits because um, our my play school teacher used to give us diluted orange and rich teas. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. That yeah, actually, that's my kids' class are like getting that as a treat every now and again when they do something called fluency cafe where they read poems, which is really cool. Oh, um, oh. fluency cafe. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's a treat now, and where that was like when I was in play school, that was just like your daily snack. It was plenty <laughs> healthy. It was plenty healthy. They're very plain biscuits. Yeah, I think. I think it's like, it's the teacher doesn't traditionally give them food because they're that bit older. So it's like, ooh, we're having snacks and things in school. That's lovely. Biscuits. I think, like, yeah, it probably would be a digestive for me. But actually, a plain digestive is way better than you think it is when you when you eat one. Because you would ever think to eat one and they're like, oh my god, these are great. Like Plain digestives are buttery. They're good. Yeah, like, you'd eat half a packet of them if you were properly hungry and you found it. Like, you had those yeah. as food in the bottom of your bag. Like, oh my god, this is great. But not the digestive sweet meals. They're too sweet and they're horrible. No. <laughs> the lovely salty butteriness is not present in them and they're bad. And my dad likes them. <laughs> oh, Nice biscuits. Nice biscuits are probably the worst biscuits that I would eat. Nice biscuits cross the line for me. I just won't eat them. I'd prefer zero biscuit. <laughs> Actually, wait, no, I don't eat Nice biscuits. Uh, polos. Polos are the worst ones I'll eat. Uh, polos, mm. Nice and Lincoln are all just in a kind of a sad, <laughs> sad tear. <laughs> oh, they are, aren't they? I know I've eaten them, but I think it's only when I'm hungry, so maybe they don't count. I, I've... <laughs> Actually, I can't remember the last time I've eaten Nice biscuits. My dad likes all of those. <laughs> Nobody, my parents don't like chocolate biscuits very much. Oh my God. It's what? terrible. How do they feel about bourbons? I mean, the thing is, they never have them in the house. I mean, when I move back in with them, we're going to change that. <laughs> They're too decadent. <laughs> Not under my roof. <laughs> when my husband and I were both unemployed, um, our, our like, bargain bin treats, because you could buy two packs for less than a euro for the mm. two, was own brand ginger nuts mm. and own brand bourbon creams Ooh. and they are 
bang for your buck, they're the best biscuits. Yeah, like, if you buy true. cheap ones, they are fucking good. Yeah. A cheap bourbon is still excellent. They're excellent and very cheap. Yeah. And vegan, by the way. In case oh, you're ever, um, yeah. Beating a vegan biscuit's good to know. We should probably talk about the book, though. We should. I feel like this 15-minute biscuit discussion is like, the baby, Claudia would approve. <laughs> she, no, she totally would. She would have strong opinions and would want to sample our exotic biscuits. I would say Claudia would have been a regular <laughs> commenter on nice cup of tea in a sitdown.com back in the day. Yes. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, biscuits. Claudia has to then tell the Babysitter's Club yes. about the... The unpleasantness. The humiliating downturn in her fortunes. <laughs> yeah. So they're all on her side and they're all supportive and they all unquestioningly believe in her innocence, except for mm-hmm. fucking Mary fucking Anne fucking Spear. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Who wants to do the dramatic reading? Then Mary Anne spoke up. Very softly, she said, You know, Claude, if you did look at Shauna's paper, we'd stand right behind you anyway. I looked at her amazed. I couldn't believe my ears. She went on. If you did it, you should confess. You'll feel better and we'll still be here for you. That fucking wagon. (laughs) I know. The way you did it, especially slow, was really good. Like, there's clearly a blue spotlight (laughs) on Marianne. And the camera is very slowly zooming in on her and she says all these things. Um, But yeah, no, she's really terrible. Um, Like, okay, I was thinking about this. The first thing that she says... Um, you know we'd stand behind you anyway then she pauses that's the point where you say but we know you didn't do it mm-hmm. but just to say if you did we would still be like we would still support you but it's okay because you didn't obviously yeah but she said then she goes you know you should confess <laughs> you did it that's like the bit where the snakes start coming out of her ear <laughs> yeah <laughs> what the hell I, I like the response to it though the room was completely quiet <laughs> yes. for about five seconds everybody looks stunned and then Christy's like, Marianne, how could you? Of course Claudia didn't do it. You must be crazy. Oh, Marianne <laughs> burst into tears because yeah. she was being glared at. Yes. How sensitive of her. Claudia literally is like, I told you she was sensitive. Uh, Claudia hugs her and reassures her. Oh yeah, this is this is the white tears phenomenon, except not race-based, but like of like, <laughs> I feel so bad that everyone's mad at me for doing a bad thing. Yeah. That's so mean. And so as soon as Claudia hugs her and forgives her, Marianne instantly stops crying. It says, the tears were over almost as soon as they'd begun. Wow, that's so like... Yeah. It, it's it's like the narrator is somewhat suspicious of yes. Marianne and her crocodile tears. Like, yeah. I feel like this is this is Ellen Miles putting a different spin on it. I, I like Ellen Miles. You know, yeah, me too. She's really good. Yeah, I want to track her portrayal of Marianne going forward, and and be like, is this a consistent? <laughs> yes. yes, let's do that, Marianne thing. Because if she shares our issues with Marianne and her sensitivity, I'll be very happy. <laughs> I also uh, so. I like that Marianne then tries to dig up, which doesn't help at all. I just wanted you to know that it wouldn't matter to any of us if... Okay, Marianne, enough of that, interrupted Christy. <laughs> yeah, good woman, Christy. Christy is so great in this. Yes, Christy is is all business and all like, no, it's obvious that like one of my babysitters would never commit this crime. Yes. <laughs> so let's just work out how to solve this problem. It's great. Maybe in the babysitter's agency they get up to that kind of thing, but not here. <laughs> oh, you know they do. <laughs> totally. I'm sure they'll they'll probably like 
while they're giving you substandard babysitting, they'll probably write your essays for you and, you know, yeah. do all that stuff. Ah, they'd be bad at those too. Oh yeah, it'll be a shit essay. <laughs> yes, they'd give you a really shitty essay. <laughs> Everyone is very um, alarmed and they want to figure out if there's any way that they can clear Claudia's name. Claudia still kind of wonders if maybe it really was a coincidence, but Stacy is like, no, I agree with Mr. Zorzi. The statistical chances of this being a coincidence are close to zero. <laughs> I love like, there's so many like maths people in this book who, who are like coming at this with the hard facts. <laughs> yes. That's great. I also love that Claudia goes, well, Stacy is so good at maths um, that if she says the same thing that Mr. Zorzi already told me, <laughs> then it must be true. I know. <laughs> like, Claudia trusts Stacy's maths, and probably, I guess, Mr. Zorzi is right yeah. about this too. A professional maths man. But, you know, <laughs> Stacy manages the oh. club dues, so that's basically the same thing. <laughs> Sean is such a dumbass. Why didn't she, like, make a few different mistakes? I know. You know, then nobody would have had... She could have got her pass and, like, everybody would have been fine. Instead, she copied everything that yep. Claudia wrote down. Ugh. She's an amateur. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dawn and Marianne say that um, Shauna and her friends have been acting kind of weird and cocky lately. <laughs> And then they sort of digress into talking about Shauna's friend, Susan Taylor, who apparently gets a note from her mother to go get her hair permed. <laughs> I love this section. Yes. <laughs> I heard that her mother writes her a note to get out of class when she has a hair appointment, said Christy. Can you imagine? I know, said Stacy. I told my mom about that. She said if I thought she'd do that for me, I had another thing coming. I love that. <laughs> I will comment here. I have selected another thing coming. Oh my god, it's in scarecrows because it's ungrammatical. Just let people use informal speech. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. <laughs> well, it also could be in scarecrows because, like, uh, Stacy's mom is being like old-fashioned and and like possibly <laughs> using a a, a dumb yes, parent it's, it's statement. Um, but I, I also like. <laughs> I, I do I love this whole section though of them having like oh yeah it's brilliant yeah. a delightful gossip of the type that like. Is, is teenage girls, um, swapping information about other people getting, like, perhaps undeserved privileges? This is, this is one of the good, the things we do, mm -hmm. like, the things we use gossip for. It's a whisper network. Yep. It is a whisper network. And Marianne shuts it down because she's sensitive and she thinks that gossiping is mean. She doesn't like to gossip as much as the rest of us do. She thinks it's mean. Fuck off, Marianne. <laughs> fuck the fuck off. Read the room. They're making Claudia feel better by tearing down her obvious nemesis. Just, let them do that for a few minutes. It's therapeutic. Yes. The person who has wronged them. Well, okay. The, the, the best friend of the person who has wronged her. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's all, it's power blocks here. So mm -hmm. they brainstorm for a while and then Dawn. <laughs> Dawn has the most bizarre, like, okay, one of you guys, one of you guys explain this because. <laughs> It's it's so ridiculous and contrived that I'm embarrassed trying to describe it. <laughs> right. Dawn knows Shauna's locker Dawn's locker is beside Shauna's and she knows Shauna's locker combination because there was some sort of administrative locker confusion at the start of the year. <laughs> so rather than I've seen her enter it a lot, which would have made more sense. No, administrative locker confusion, which meant that Dawn... Uh, to switch from using Shauna's locker to then using her own one right next to it. <laughs> For reasons. 
I'm 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 here for it. Like I I I don't care so much because I absolutely love Dawn's approach to this problem. It's such a contrast from Marianne being like, well, maybe we should just go along with the party line. And maybe you should confess to this crime that you maybe did or didn't, but you know. Marianna's a centrist. Oh, whereas Dawn is like, let's break into a, <laughs> let's be gay and do crime. I'm also going to yes. point out that like Christy is really into this idea too. <laughs> um, or she's not even really into it so much as saying, well, this is clearly yeah. the only solution. I mean, <laughs> I the club is in danger here. She's just being presidential. She's into it. She's into it. Um, D- Dawn is really into the crime aspect. <laughs> especially into it. Well, Dawn loves her genre fiction. <laughs> she's she's really got like she's got a lot of nerve here. I did I like I disapproved of this when she was like gaslighting Marianne with it. Um, but like <laughs> No, it's fine to it's fine to do it to your enemies, you know. Yeah, no, that's the appropriate use of gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, appropriate anyway. uses of gaslighting is going to go in the show description, right? <laughs> yep. This okay. This it's not. She's not suggesting no. gaslighting at all. She's suggesting um, breaking and entering, which is a, a hilarious description that Claudia uses later on in the book yeah. when she's not yeah. sure if they should be doing this. Um, but it's quite accurate. But also is hilarious. Like they're going to break into Shauna's locker, um, and. Come on, let's just just do it. Stop having like qualms. Yeah. Let's let's like do some investigating here. I know. I would have no qualms about this. It sounds amazing. Pretend it was an accident. If you have the whole like, oh, we did a locker switcheroo and I'm in the wrong locker. Oh, whoops. You could probably get away with that. No one wants to investigate. Yeah. I feel like it's not that bold if you <laughs> honestly came by the locker combination. It's the school administrator's fault for giving Dawn the locker and then making her change locker. Like, it's not it's not her fault she knows the combination. I do think that it's adorable. <laughs> Mallory is worried they need a search warrant. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but I also love that they're like, no, 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 we don't. And the explanation is not because we're not law enforcement. We can't get one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, we're not looking for a gun, so we don't need a warrant. That's not how anything works, you guys. <laughs> Stacy also has some like some worries about this but then she goes oh do you know what though we've gotta we've gotta do it like you know it's for claudia yeah man's like oh, oh, oh no you know i'm a wuss you know i would cut a bitch but i wouldn't get into her locker <laughs> <laughs> yeah marianne's cutting a bitch tendency is completely absent in this book yes mm-hmm. it is no marianne instead will like theatrically cry at a bitch which is much less satisfying <laughs> I, I think that the crux of the matter is that Marianne doesn't believe Claudia. No. Yeah. Or possibly that that the narrator is trying to express the notion that you also should probably support your friends, even if you suspect them of cheating. And she's put that into Marianne's voice, when actually it probably would have made more sense to make that something that the parents said to her. True, yeah. yeah. Like, because sometimes your kids do bad things... And, you know, you can still <laughs> yes. support them. <laughs> but, like, it's it's okay if you, like, as a as a 13-year-old girl, blindly follow your friend to the... Yeah, that's... <laughs> you you're know. required to as a 13-year-old girl. Yeah. 13-year-old girls are... Yeah, their entire purpose in life is to blindly follow their friends. Exactly. Hello, mm-hmm. baby. Please just keep drinking. It's okay. Oh, oh. oh baby. <laughs> We've been joined by baby. Yes. 
Next chapter, um, Mallory and Jesse have looked after the triplets and have had a bad time of it. Um, in the notebook write-up at the start, uh, Jesse asks Mallory to remind her to never have triplets when they grow up. Uh, <laughs> Mallory's like, yeah, okay, cool. Tricky. <laughs> the triplets are continuing to not own up to having broken the window. Um, and Mrs. Pike is kind of aware that she's like taken a bad position mm-hmm. here. Um, and she's doubling down with, I have to be consistent with them. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, well, they're being loyal to each other and that's good. But um, I started punishing them. So I have to keep punishing them forever, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the triplets, maybe you parenting them is kind of like a war. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like it's 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 like yeah, I've taken this tack and I have to see it through to the bitter end. <laughs> um, uh, because the triplets are a fucking headache. God, imagine when they're all fourteen. Mm. No, but, but maybe it's a good thing they're all stuck in a time loop. <laughs> yep, <laughs> they're just gonna be obnoxious ten-year-olds forever. So the twins are be- or the triplets are being a pain in the ass. Uh, they're making fun of Mallory. Mm-hmm. They're trying to like sneak out and go play baseball even though they're grounded <laughs> can i describe the scene that jesse um that is yes it greets jesse when she arrives um which i just it's just lovely um she walks into the kitchen when mrs pike leaves the scene was completely chaotic mallory was standing in the middle of the kitchen looking like a traffic cop who had lost control uh <laughs> vanessa is talking in rhymes to herself and looking in the fridge the triplets are sitting on the counter um kicking their legs and eating some eating peanut butter and salami sandwiches <laughs> um and this bit i really like um margo and claire were sitting at the table giggling as they peeled grapes and fed them to nikki who was acting like a movie monster mm, he said delicious eyeballs norcon like eyeballs feed norcon more <laughs> and I'm like, that's not chaotic that situation is managing itself those guys are are happy they're eating <laughs> you- yeah <laughs> everything except the annoyingness of the triplets banging their heels against yeah. the presses in the kitchen yeah that's fine. Like, don't don't interfere with what Margot and Claire and Nikki are doing. He's a monster. He's happy. <laughs> yeah, they're all happy. He's eating fruit. This is fine. Yes. This is a boy um, <laughs> who is, like, known for having difficulty with being forced to play with his younger sister, who's having a great time doing it. So, like, exactly. yeah, just encourage that. Like, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, as always, the triplets are the problem. Yeah, they're being dicks, basically. Um, they're... Mm-hmm. Swapping baseball cards in the living room and arguing in pig Latin. When they don't have Nikki around to bully, they bully each other. Yeah, they turn on Byron because <laughs> like, he's the sensitive yes. one. Uh, well, for a given value of sensitive, well, as the yeah, he's afraid of H two O, and he doesn't know what sport Magic Johnson plays. So that this makes him the yeah. beta male in the eyes of the other two. There must be a hierarchy. Exactly. <laughs> Jordan Peterson Pike has decreed it. <laughs> exactly. It's just the way that males work. There's an alpha and a beta and a gamma, I guess. <laughs> so Jesse um, intervenes in this by teaching them op-talk because they're bored of pig Latin. Can we not explain op-talk because it's ridiculous? <laughs> and hurts my brain. Yeah, this leads to a couple of exhausting pages of everyone talking in op-talk. Mm-hmm. So then the boys 
uh, are super into it and then start to plan how best to use Optalk to annoy their parents. <laughs> they decided to speak nothing but Optalk at dinner that night just to see what would happen. Oh my god, they're already in trouble. Why are they trying to make it worse? Revenge. Yeah. There are so many episodes of babysitter babysits for the pikes. They're doing something annoying. The babysitters come up with a very temporary solution <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> Um, and I, I, I so understand how this would happen, and I also do feel slightly bad for the bikes. And it's like, <laughs> so I gave them all like silly string and um, vuvuzelas. <laughs> Bye. Oh my god! <laughs> Thanks for the fifteen dollars. <laughs> Maybe if they paid better. <laughs> no, I think if I was a a babysitter, I would still do that. If I was like. Required to babysit for the Pikes. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that we don't get to see the Pikes family dinner that night because I think it's, <laughs> it's extremely dense. Excruciating. Um, so Jesse, having got the boys into a better mood, tries to casually trick them into exposing the guilty party by saying, So tell me, Byron, when you threw that ball through the window... To which Byron says, I didn't. And the others go, neither did I. And Jessie is not the master manipulator she apparently thinks she is. Well, on the other hand, she's had 30% success, which is more than anybody has so far. But yes, we even we've concluded that it is a bullshit problem that doesn't need solving. Yes. Yeah. But that said, I don't know why she thought that would work either. <laughs> anyway, she decides this is not her problem, which is very sensible. No. Which is correct, it's not. My own note on this chapter is Jesse's cure is worse than the disease. <laughs> yes, about that. 100%. So the next day, Claudia is stressing out and she notices Shauna Riverson and Susan Taylor of the Perms <laughs> and another friend of theirs with red hair. <laughs> and they're walking along into the bathroom and Claudia decides that she needs to do what Nancy Drew would do in this situation, which is sneak in and spy on them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Claudia, again, is better at this than Nancy Drew because she hides in a bathroom stall <laughs> rather than just <laughs> standing behind her victims and hoping they don't turn around. <laughs> it's also the first successful act of spying that has taken place in these books, as far as I can tell. Yeah, it's like, it's proper sneaky stuff. Well, I mean, Dawn did spy on the that and Travis with his day. Oh, that's, that's true. true. And then she like lost the run of herself and confronted them and they were like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I am a cartoon villain and I care not for your feelings, jilted girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, actually, we're not a million miles away from the start of the mystery spin-offs. So I'm wondering if this was them trying to like flex their sneaky spying muscles um, ahead of those. <laughs> Um, I actually really loved the mystery spin-offs. I think I enjoyed them more than the main series once I started reading them. So like, I'm very excited to get onto those. They were good. Awesome. She spies on them and it's very convenient because they're having literally like villain monologues together, gloating about <laughs> how successful their plan for Shauna to copy Claudia's exam paper was and how great it worked out for Shauna. It's just the most convenient bit of overheard dialogue ever. <laughs> so yeah, Shauna says, I just gave Mr. Zorzi this incredibly sincere, honest look and he let me go. 
And you know the best part? I don't even have to feel bad about it. It doesn't even matter to her that she's getting an F, you know what I mean? Yeah, what's one more bad grade to Claudia Kishi, said Susan Taylor. These absolute bitches. That's like a knife through the heart Mm. there. That's terrible. I know. Mm -hmm. Like, oh yeah, or to put it another way, just think how much that one A that you took from her was to her. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. She's justifying it to herself. Yeah. And like, in the meanest possible way. And like, it's kind of, it's so gratifying because you like to think that if you could spy on your enemies, you'd hear them incriminate themselves extensively and then say really mean things about you that would justify how much you hated them. And that's exactly (laughs) what happens here. Like, delightful. (sighs) Claudia is, you know, fully vindicated in every possible regard. It's like, oh, she cheated and she's a garbage person. So I don't even have to feel bad about her and whatever she's going through. (laughs) I think we got all the realism in the... um everyone disappoints Claudia section. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and so we can be allowed a little bit of a sort of padding in the the villain is super, super terrible. <laughs> yeah. <section. Yes>. Absolutely. <laughs> the villain is super terrible and absolutely like outlines explicitly how she got away with it. If only Claudia had had like a little tape recorder with her. <laughs> It's it's not as though if you had cheated, you would then tell all your mean friends about how you had, like, about how that mean Claudia Kishi had cle- cheated off you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and vilify her instead, <laughs> rather than confessing to them that you were a ha-ha evil villain. I, I think even the meanest girls we knew in secondary school didn't want to think of themselves as cartoon villains. No. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, very few people do. Fair. Yes. But yeah, Shauna's friends, like, just want to stand around and tell her how great she is at being a cartoon villain. While touching up their their hair with a tiny can of hairspray out of her purse. I know! (laughs) It's so 80s, it's amazing. Even though it's 1991 at this point. Perms were still real big, metaphorically. Slightly less big, literally. I also love that the redheaded girl is chewing gum at school, so that's how you can tell she's a bad girl. Oh, she's bad. Yeah. She doesn't even have a name. Have you noticed that redheads are are like bad people in this? They're they're always antagonists, except for the Radowskis. Oh yes, that's apart from fair. okay, yeah, but those are babysitting charges, so they're allowed to have the full panoply of like human presentations. But <laughs> in school, <laughs> redheads are bad. <laughs> They're all like... What other redheads are there? Uh, the girlfriend who is the captain of the swim team. Oh, the hot swim girl. Is she a redhead? Yeah, she's a redhead, yeah. Uh, nice. Well, I think she was neutral. She was just like... She wasn't a bad guy. She was just there. She partook in making fun of Dawn. That's true. What? What? What is this kid looking at? <laughs> Shauna outlines more of the secrets to her success, which is that she overheard Claudia telling that mousy Marianne Spear that Janine was helping her study. So she knew that Claudia was guaranteed to do well because everyone knows how smart Janine is because she's the smartest person who's ever lived. So that makes Claudia the perfect person to copy off. And yeah, it's just the most incriminating confession ever. So Claudia quietly rages in the cubicle and off go the other girls. She restrains herself from leaving. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um she she wants to burst out and confront them, but uh it, she then like she kind of has a moment uh, where she says it was as if I felt Nancy Drew herself tapping me on the shoulder yes. and whispering in my ear. Maybe if I kept quiet, she was saying, I'd hear some more. <laughs> <laughs> love this. Thank you, Nancy. <laughs> 
<laughs> she just manifests Nancy Drew. I love um, it. This is this is so delightful. Yeah. So she goes out to the canteen and uh, meets up with her friends and tells them everything that she's heard. <laughs> Christy is furious. Marianne is performatively sympathetic. <laughs> and says, that must have been horrible to hear them saying those things about you. <laughs> Not half as horrible as hearing you say that you... Yeah, anyway. Thanks, Marianne. <laughs> yeah. Dawn is eating sprouts. Dawn is eating <laughs> sprouts. Yeah. Why do they hate bean, bean sprouts so much? They're very... Neutral sort of yeah. a food. They're, they're grand. They're crunchy they're like, they're and kind of tasteless. Yeah. Because they're not bologna. <laughs> it's true. Only bologna is acceptable. Yeah. They're not processed meat products. Yeah. <laughs> then they they bring up the idea of uh, breaking into Shauna's locker again. Well, Don brings it up again <laughs> because Don is very gung-ho about this. I'm pretty sure that Dawn would have broken into that locker solo if the other <laughs> girls hadn't agreed to go along with it. Yes. <laughs> Dawn is a loose cannon. Dawn tears up the rule book. She fancied doing some breaking and entering and she'd been presented with an opportunity. I bet she'd been planning this since the start of the term when she was like, man, I could get into Shauna's locker if I wanted, but I don't have a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, maybe Dawn planted the idea of cheating in Shauna's head originally. Dawn has been pulling the strings this whole time. <laughs> man, Dawn is Machiavellian. <laughs> yeah. Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. <laughs> okay let's keep our eyes peeled for more evidence of this <laughs> um marianne is worried that somebody might overhear don talking recklessly about breaking into the locker and think that she's <laughs> being serious and don is like i am serious we have to do this <laughs> we could check shauna's locker i noticed she wasn't using the term break into anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's some nice uh euphemisms so stacy initially thinks that checking the locker is a step too far but Christy points out that this situation is jeopardising the club because Claudia might have to leave <laughs> if she gets an F. And if Claudia left, where would they meet? Exactly. Mm. Whose phone would they use? Ooh, Ooh the unspoken issue in art. Uh-huh. You know what Watson would say in a case like this? He'd say, desperate times call for desperate measures. I also, I love that Christy is quoting Watson. I know. I know. <laughs> she frequently does. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that guy. I hate my stepdad. He's so dumb. But <laughs> I kind of idolize him. But yeah. <laughs> he has a great line in aphorisms. <laughs> the rest of them are like, whoa, what does that mean? Like, really? You got to 13 without ever hearing the phrase desperate times call for desperate men. I know. Also, <laughs> if you know what the word desperate means, it's pretty fucking clear. Yeah. It means she wants you to break into Shauna's locker, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Be gay, do crime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> desperate times call for desperate measures is just boomer speak for be gay do crimes yes yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh there's your um there's your teaser <laughs> so christy magnanimously explains to everyone that what this means is they are permitted nay obligated to break into shauna's locker because the fate of the club depends on it and stacy is completely won over by this and i find that hilarious like stacy is just like, I have principles, but now that you mention it, screw my principles. Let's do this. <laughs> well, I, I think it is just how important the club is to them. I, also, I can honestly see Christy genuinely 
like being outraged that her but the fate of the club argument wouldn't work if they had been caught. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> like, she firmly believes that this is worth it. Let's not forget that Stacy, the epitome of New York cool, wore a fucking sandwich board for this club. <laughs> that's yeah. true. Like, Stacy is swayed by these. Like, <laughs> That's an excellent point. <laughs> She's not independent. Unlike Dawn, she does not pretend to be like... <laughs> you know, she she doesn't pretend that she doesn't care what other people think. She's like, no, she's she's ride or die with this club. Yeah. Stacy moved back to Stony Brook for this club. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of true, yeah. Uh and Marianne reveals that um she says, I think it's wrong, but if you have to do it, please be careful. Imagine what could happen if you got caught. <laughs> like, it's wrong and I don't want to get punished. <laughs> <laughs> yes. More importantly, do it and don't get caught because then it's less wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you guys all get caught, I might get caught up in it and... Splashback or something. <laughs> then I'd have to cry. So... It's also her her criminal stepsister that's really pushing this idea. <laughs> so there would definitely be some kind of um, fallout in the, 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 the Schaefer Spear household. Exactly. And we can't have that. So, um, yep. yeah, Marianne wimps out on this and mm-hmm. Logan leaves as well because um, they already had enough people for this scene basically. <laughs> I don't think he wanted to be involved in our plan. Uh, Logan does not get any lines in this. Ellen Miles does not have time for Logan. Yeah. Logan which is fair. turns up and is, makes sympathetic faces over lunch and then leaves again. <laughs> there you go. We've remembered he exists. It's fine. Yeah. Yep. So they figure that Shauna has pep squad practice whatever the hell that is uh at three o'clock so they are gonna it's evil whatever it is is evil definitely (laughs) yeah so they have to mooch around the corridors looking casual for a while um (laughs) until they can be sure that shauna will be elsewhere uh so they send mallory and jesse home because they're too little and they have their whole lives ahead of them and they don't want them to get involved in all this crime. up in all this. Yeah. And they send, Mar- they send Marianne home because she's a liability, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yes. She would just confess if a teacher passed by, like... Yeah. Do you know what? You know your one, what's her name, the wee lesbian in Dairy Girls. Yeah. That's that's Marianne. Yes. I think she's the sensitive one is actually just cowardly. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm also... <laughs> painfully reminded of the time we went on a school trip and we were told not to buy alcohol and Karen bought very small miniatures of Jägermeister and I panicked so hard that I made Karen confess to one of the teachers who laughed very hard at us. Let me just clarify. I bought a miniature of Jägermeister. You also, you had a, as I recall, a pair of schnapps and we both went, so they... They had given us a a stern warning because several of our cohort had gone along to a bar and got hammered on an afternoon where it was technically legal because the drinking age was 16 in Germany. Um, And so then they were like, everybody else is not supposed to be drunk all the time. You're not to have alcohol. (laughs) And another friend of ours was like, I bought a bottle of vodka and I'm going to hide it under my mattress. And I was, Esther was freaking out. (laughs) She's like, oh no, I have pear schnapps. It was like 50 mils of pear schnapps. So she and I went along. Esther had her, her role to think of as the head girl, which I understand. <laughs> I, I also no. had zero chill, more importantly. <laughs> zero chill. <laughs> it was, it, I, 
It was fair. So um, she and I went along and handed in our <laughs> our bottle, tiny bottles of alcohol <laughs> to the German teacher, who was actually kind of in fits laughter of the whole thing. And I, I said to I said to her, "Now, Miss, don't drink all our booze." And she's like, "Oh, I'll try not to." <laughs> and she was like, "I'm so sorry, we have alcohol." <laughs> and uh, oh Miss Buckley, true to her word, handed back our two. <laughs> Our bottles of booze in a, in the Ziploc bag. <laughs> At the end of the trip, she had kept it nice and safe for us. It was all fine. Bless. <laughs> I did not have a reputation to maintain. <laughs> I, I had turned down becoming um like a prefect because it sounded like no crack. <laughs> so I was just like able to be a loose cannon who buys 50 mils of Jägermeister if she feels like it on a school trip in a country where that is legal. <laughs> also, we were like a couple of months short of our 18th birthdays anyway. Like we were... I know. <laughs> we were like 17 and three quarters yeah. at that point. Also, I think Miss Miss Buckley was very sympathetic to us having souvenirs <laughs> that could not have gotten a five year old drunk. Anyway, the thing is, I was in such a panic that I was not even aware of how amused the teacher was until Karen told me about this many years later. I was like just barely holding it together and trying not to do a full Marianne crying fit and like. My memory of this incident is of the teacher being very serious about it. <laughs> but apparently uh, there that's was a lot of not accurate. wink wink happening, I think. Um I this is the thing when you give a stern warning to the student body about not drinking, you get the good girls showing up and handing over their <laughs> extremely small amounts of alcohol. And you get Grace hiding her bottle of vodka under the mattress so that it doesn't get confiscated. Yeah. Oh, it was all it was all well and good until we nearly got tossed out of our ibis in Paris because somebody let off fireworks in the corridor. <laughs> and now they don't bring away 72 students on a school tour anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Fan. Because of us, they have a rule. Yay. All right. So they, they hang around awkwardly. They drink a lot of water out of the water fountain. Uh, but eventually they can't drink anymore. Um, then, then they have to go to the ladies' room and hang out there for a while. Then they have to go to the ladies' room. Uh, it is not spelled out that they go there to pee because of all the water they drank, but I think we can take that as read. Um, yeah. yeah. While they're in the ladies' room, Claudia reflects on all the mean things that Shauna and her friends said about her in the ladies' room, which gets her all pumped to like destroy Shauna again, which is great. Oh, yeah. Good. So then Stacy goes and keeps Sketch at the corner of the corridor and they they open the locker and elaborately pretend that it's actually Dawn's locker and casually chit-chat <laughs> in case the janitor goes by it over years. They really overestimate how invested the janitor is in who owns which locker. <laughs> to be fair, I think what well, I think she has I don't think the janitor knows, they do say. <laughs> Willie sees you, Willie don't care. Yeah. This is not in his job description. Even if he did know, would he give a damn? Almost <laughs> definitely not paid enough to give a fuck. No. Uh, they also find a disgusting uh, mouldy orange in there. Yep. Uh, which is hilarious. That's exactly the kind of retribution that happens when you go looking when you're not where you're not supposed to. Yep. <laughs> you find other people's garbage. And also a random swimsuit. Um, <laughs> and a picture of the most gorgeous guy Claudia has ever seen. <laughs> Which distracts her for a minute. Yeah. And then Dawn is like, Claudia, focus. 
We're trying to restore your good name here. <laughs> We're being gay and doing crimes right now. <laughs> no, no, I want to be heterosexual and look at this boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's loser talk. <laughs> That was not the common attitude in the early 90s. No. No. no, it wasn't. They're about to give up in despair um, because they haven't found a fully itemised confession. When Tony <laughs> looks in the vent of the locker door and finds the next best thing, it is a note that says, yes. congratulations on your A-. Who would have guessed that CK's paper would have had so many right answers? So specific. CK, that was me. Evidence. <laughs> Yes, this is hilariously incriminating, um, except for the fact that she realizes uh, that the chain of custody, it does not hold up here. <laughs> um, she can't show it to the teachers without confessing how they got it. And also she can't prove that Shauna's friend wrote it and she didn't just forge it. So she wearily trudges back and slots it back into the vent in the locker. Mm-hmm. So the note is just kind of a weird red herring in the end because like it never comes up again. I know. Yeah. But you just get the cool the cool break-in espionage ep- episode. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. To be honest, I can see how like that was so fun to write that they just decided to keep it in, even though it goes nowhere. <laughs> Yes. yes. Yeah. Maybe actually it's the sort of thing that might have been written and it did go somewhere and then someone at Scholastic was like, no. <laughs> yeah. Mm, but what about, yeah. David Levithan wouldn't stand for it. <laughs> it's like, we can't reward this kind of behavior. Yeah, you could have used it as leverage, um, especially, so if Dawn was in charge of presenting this to the teacher, she would have been just like, Shauna dropped this out of her bag. Ooh. Yeah. Or she'd have picked it up dramatically in the classroom and like, oh, Shauna, what's this note in front of the teacher? And then read it out loud. Um, but like, although we have previously seen Dawn being rewarded for straight up evil behavior, <laughs> um, maybe they were, yeah, as you, as you say, somebody in the editorial staff was like, no, that's actually a step too far. <laughs> the gaslighting book that was fine this no 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 breaking no. into a locker a bridge too far Anna martin was allowed write the gaslighting book ellen miles mm. has to tow a, um she has to follow a higher ethical standard for some uh, reason <laughs> rules for thee but not for me yes exactly tale as old as time <laughs> <laughs> anyway dawn is suitably outraged yes claudia put the note back you went to all this work to break into the locker. We know you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> Stacy is like, oh, oh, well, I guess you're right. You couldn't have used it for evidence without incriminating yourself. Mm-hmm. Christy wishes they could have just confronted Shauna with the note just to, like, get a rise out of her. Christy just wants to have a fight. Yeah. Fair enough. Actually, like. I think the problem with the note is that it's been stuck through Shauna's locker, right? Yeah. So there's no guarantee Shauna has actually seen it. No. So Shauna could be just like, what is this? <laughs> you wrote that. Very true. You wrote that, yeah. obviously. You know, this is a, a weak attempt to try and catch me out, which, oh my God, we're about to have a chapter where there are a lot of weak attempts <laughs> to catch Shauna out. And I'm I'm really, like, stealing myself for this bit. Claude actually acknowledges that it was a weak, that that, that, that could have happened because she was like, anyone could have written that note. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It should be signed. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> By evil redhead or whoever. Been a lot more useful if it had been signed. But mm-hmm. And then Marianne fucking dose that she is says, Ugh. you did the right thing, Claudia. I'm proud of you. Fuck, Fuck off. Fuck yourself. 
Marianne is <laughs> yeah, proud because... That's what my notes say. <laughs> this way there's no possible blowback on her. <laughs> Christy is not great at continuity here because she <laughs> thinks that maybe they could set a trap, just like when they tricked Cokie Gray into incriminating herself. Oh. Um, Cokie Gray does not exist. Um... Cokie Mason. Oh, Cokie Mason. It definitely loves to incriminate herself. <laughs> I think someone was thinking Cokie and Grace. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Or Ellen Miles secretly ships Cokie with Alan Gray and is just trying to like Ooh. subtly seed that in here. <laughs> Rare pair, but okay. <laughs> Maybe Cokie and Alan are actually the same person <gasps> in drag. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Just they just kind of storm in and out of the bathrooms in different disguises <laughs> depending on the, the requirement. It's a much smaller middle school than we've been led to believe. <laughs> Head cannon accepted. <laughs> so they decide that if it worked on Koki, it'll definitely work on Shauna, and they'll just let Shauna incriminate herself. Um so yes, this is extremely cringy and also extremely believable for 13 year olds yeah I mean Claudia has already had so many instance instances of Shauna incriminating herself <laughs> yeah she's just kind of mad that sh- like Shauna won't actually do it in front of the teacher where she's yeah. supposed to <laughs> yeah like I heard you talking in the bathroom I found the note come on just confess already you did a villain <laughs> monologue <laughs> do, do it again in front of the teacher yeah <laughs> So Claudia yeah, decides... Yeah, this was so cringy, I only skimmed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, me too. It's excruciating. <laughs> this so stressful to read. Claudia decides to, like, stress Shauna out until she snaps and confesses by, as she puts it, using certain meaningful words, words that would let her know that I was onto her game, as they say in the detective movies. <laughs> Is this cognitive behavioural therapy? <laughs> No, it's neuro-linguistic programming. I was about to say, no, it's NLP. (laughs) So Claudia just says things like, oh, I can't find my copy of that last handout. Does anyone else have a copy I can borrow? I'd hate to cheat Mr. Zorzi out of another one. Can I just steal your copy for a minute, Shauna? I really need it. And that's no lie. (laughs) Shauna is, do you, like, completely legitimately baffled by this (laughs) this is so funny she like she has to have she does have a guilty conscience but even she can't work out what's going on here (laughs) it is too stupid for shauna to even realize what claudia is attempting and the other kids who overhear are also very confused are you saying that neurolinguistic programming doesn't work esther (laughs) it certainly doesn't work in this instance (laughs) Yeah, Shauna does not crack under the pressure, um, (laughs) which Claudia can only assume is because Shauna just doesn't have enough of a conscience and the guilt (laughs) is not eating away at her. (laughs) She's genuinely astonished that this doesn't work, but uh, yeah, she thinks that maybe it would have if she'd kept it up for long enough. (laughs) Possibly if she'd annoyed Shauna so much that Shauna just wanted to shut her up, she might have blurted out the truth, but yeah. Um, it wasn't to be. I feel like that what she really want, like, to get the effect that she's going for, she should probably just corner Sean and be like, listen, I know you cheated, you bitch. <laughs> I feel like, like that yeah. would have a better chance of working. Yeah. I do think Sean, however, will be like, and you'll never prove it. Yeah. And leave. 
She would, but she can't hope for a better result here. <laughs> no. She's not going to get one. <laughs> I think, well, she's trying to pressure this to be in front of the teacher. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 But if Shauna can't tell that she's being pressured, the pressuring is not going to work. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't say, like, that it was a good plan. I just said that it, if it had worked, it would actually be effective, whereas confronting her and going, ha-ha, in private, isn't going to have any effect. Well, you have to wear a wire, obviously. Um, yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, it would be great. <laughs> Ooh, I bet that the Netflix original yes. like series, if it were to continue into this point in time, would have them like <laughs> secretly recording confessions. That would be amazing. Yes. That would have been so good. So her next plan is to um, write on the page that she, uh, the page of notes that she's oh, taking. Oh, God. If you can read this, you're a cheater and you might as well admit it. Then she almost bursts out laughing in class at her own ingenuity. Oh, God. Unfortunately, Shauna is not looking at her paper this time because they're not doing an exam. <laughs> so Shauna completely fails to notice this note. <laughs> and then Sha- Claudia tries increasingly frantically to get her attention, uh, which again does not work. And um, Mr. Zorzi is like, what are you doing, Claudia? <laughs> do this in a class that the maths teacher isn't in <laughs> like yeah get her to confess in front of a bunch of witnesses elsewhere mr zordy's already like suspicious of you claudia ah so ugh. i'm shocked this didn't go worse to be honest it went pretty badly then she tries to spy on what shauna is writing and realizes that it's just her and her friend writing juicy notes to each other so <laughs> Claudia gets very interested and is reading over, leaning over to read them, and Mr. Sorzy catches her at it. This does not reflect well on her, on a few levels. <laughs> no. Ugh. At least the chapter mercifully ends <laughs> at that point. Nancy Drew would not have done any of these things. No, but also Nancy Drew's antagonists are really dumb. That's true. Like they are, they are plants basically. <laughs> like, <laughs> so Mallory and Claudia are next babysitting the triplets again and Mallory decides like this is where my suspension of disbelief just gives up and leaves uh, like <laughs> Mallory decides that what they need to do is a crime scene reenactment <laughs> that will enable them to figure out who broke the window and the triplets agree to this, which is really stupid. It it makes sense in that the triplets have had fuck all to do for a week. <laughs> True. Yeah, I, I think they're just desperate for anything to do, anything that might get them past this. And they're like, yes. let's pretend that this isn't the same thing as saying who did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also they know, they know that it won't show who did it because... They know that it was uh, all three of them. An accident. An ac- just an accident, exactly. I read this as there's some confusion even among the three of them as to what precisely happened. I guess so. But if you don't know what happened, then you can't reenact what happened. Yeah, so it doesn't really work still. Um, like, no matter how faithfully you reenact what you think happened in a ball game, it's still going to depend on a lot of really specific angles like physics and i think they're i think possibly they know what happened physically Mm -hmm. but they don't know whose fault that is okay because obviously it must be someone's (laughs) fault 
Because everyone says it's someone's fault. Because everyone says it is. Yeah. Okay. You know, I think it's more that. And half the reason they're all covering for each other is that each of them thinks it's them. Yeah. So the, the description of what actually happens is Jordan was pitching, Byron was at bat, and Adam was behind him catching. Uh, Jordan pitched kind of a wild pitch way up in the air and outside. Byron swung at it, even though he should have let it go by. It glanced off his bat and he saw that it was going towards the house. He yelled to Adam to catch it, but Adam misjudged the direction of the ball and ran the wrong way. Then the ball crashed through the basement window. It is impossible for them to have reenacted this. Like, you you mm-hmm. can't redo all of this. And if they had no. somehow, then they would have smashed the window again. And that would have been a other problem. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, I, I would imagine it was they got into position and then they went, and then the ball went here kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it only makes sense as a, like, it's an aid to their memory and they they stood around pointing at things and talking until they worked out what had yeah. happened. The description does not make that clear. <laughs> it, it makes it sound like they reenacted it perfectly, um, which I'm pretty sure would be some kind of superpower. Mm-hmm. Anyway... Uh, to the relief of all, including us, the reader, this <laughs> plotline is over. Uh, Mallory says that <laughs> it was just an accident. Mrs. Pike concurs that it was just an accident. The triplets are ungrounded. It's all fine. We can forget about this. <sighs> Mrs. Pike saw right away that the accident hadn't really been anybody's fault. Like, as we discussed at the start, yes and no, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mrs. Pike sees a way out of this that allows her to save face and she gratefully takes it. Yeah. Nobody admitted fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. What's the name of that? Is that an Alfred plea? Did the triplets take an Alfred plea? Here? I haven't heard that term. Where it's like, I, I agree that I um I am responsible for this situation, but I'm not going to admit fault. You can give me some kind of a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't murder the guy, but maybe he died for because I did some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it means, pretty much. Things are said, mistakes were made, let's move on. <laughs> you have a lot of evidence against me, and I'm not going to deny that, but yeah. like, you know, I'm not a murderer. <laughs> okay, sorry, go ahead. Then Claudia, bless her, has maybe, I don't know if this is her worst idea for a trap, or if the use a lot of words to do with cheating was a worse idea, but the, this is, it's up there. So her idea is that she insists on a reenactment of the test where she and Shauna take it again, and then Mr. Zorzi will see Shauna cheating again. (laughs) (laughs) And Janine is like, but Shauna could just not cheat this time, and then it (laughs) would look like she didn't cheat the first time. But like, (laughs) hang on a sec, though, the whole... they So they later actually try this, and the whole thing is that Shauna is... Like, not actually capable of doing the material. Yes, but Claudia's idea is for them to sit in their oh, to do original seats and just do it again. Yeah. And for Shauna to be like, ooh, let me just lean over and look at your paper there, Claudia. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say that, yeah, their test scores would still probably reflect the... Oh, anyway, they would. Anyway, yeah. Claudia is not thinking in that direction. No. No, she's not. She's well, just like, let's do a, let's do crime watch. Claudia is assuming that Shauna will be extremely honest here and will theatrically <laughs> cheat again. And Mr. Zorzi will catch her at it this time. And Janine 
gently <laughs> informs her that this is not a likely outcome. <gasps> she just needs to wear a wire. Yes, it would solve so many problems. Mm-hmm. Janine, get on the dark web and order one. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Janine has worked out in her own head how she's going to solve this. Yes. Janine was smiling. Uh, don't worry, she said. Sean is not going to get away with making you look like a cheater. Janine was smiling secretly as if she was figuring something out. Janine is gonna go and get help from the man. <laughs> Janine's gonna go use some of that genius clout. Yeah. Yep. She's gonna work within the system to take it down or not. Yep. Because that's how that's how it works. Totally. Yes. <laughs> At the end of the day, no matter how good your investigative clout is, <laughs> if you have someone who can just like intervene. Pull some strings. Yeah. Mm. It's it's not a good message, but it's maybe a useful message. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Janine is not going to spoiler the novel by telling Claudia what her plan is, though. No. Mm-hmm. Fair play to Janine. Actually, though, Claudia is... So Claudia has forbidden her parents from intervening. Yeah. For narrative reasons. Um... And so it does actually make sense for Janine to just be like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell Claudia what I'm planning. That's true, actually. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, Claudia would kick off. Claudia has like completely given up hope at this point. Um, it's really crushing. Yeah. Yeah. She has decided her new stance on this whole thing is that it doesn't matter. So she decides to just act like someone who doesn't care about this anymore and keeps telling herself over and over again that it doesn't matter. Uh, it is very depressing. Yeah. She's the life is meaningless um, meme with the guy in the baseball cap and the shades doing two thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's Sia declaring that she's going to swing from the chandelier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. She's a third thing that I can't think of right now because it's late and I'm tired. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um. So yeah, she acts uh, kind of manic. Um, Janine is a bit weirded out by this, but her parents don't seem to notice. Her teachers don't seem to notice. Her friends don't seem to notice. Everyone thinks she's just cheerful. She's practicing toxic positivity. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yes. She also does some very exciting outfit stuff that I'm really looking forward to getting into mm-hmm. at the end. Yes. Yeah, she she just kind of acts like she stopped caring. Uh, even though she's basically dead inside. I like that she acknowledges how exhausting this is. Yeah. And like how much it's taking out of her to be all like, ha 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 ha, I'm fine. I don't care that my reputation is ruined and that I like was cheated out of a really good mark that I studied really hard for. It's bleak. It's bleak and it's kind of realistic. Yes. It's like, this is something you might think could be a good solution to your problems, but actually it will suck. It's going to take more psychic energy to do this. <laughs> yes. Very much so. Then at the end of the day, she spots Janine, who has turned up. Mm-hmm. And Janine has decided that uh, this has gone on long enough. And she always had a good relationship with the principal when she was at Stony Brook Middle School. And he might remember her. Might. Might. Yeah. Claudia is like, <laughs> she is the most intelligent person on the planet, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Claudia says uh, that she had told Janine to stay out of this. And Janine is like, no, you told mom and dad to stay out of this. You didn't tell me to stay out of this. <laughs> Good girl, Janine. Excellent loophole. Yep. <laughs> so she goes in. She promises not to tell Aunt Claudia for eavesdropping and breaking and entering. 
which is <laughs> very considerate. I like that Claudia feels she needs to yeah. clarify that. <laughs> Janina's like, duh, I'm not going to tell about that. I feel like early books Janine might have actually just ratted her out in the interests of completeness. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I love that this Janine is like, obviously, yeah. I'm not going to talk about that. Like... <laughs> the, the teacher doesn't need to know everything yeah like if this was Marianne she'd be like I have to go to the principal and tell him about the locker situation <laughs> yeah I feel like you know Claudia and mean Janine era Janine absolutely wouldn't like it wouldn't have occurred <laughs> to her to keep her mouth shut about anything yeah there was actually just a, a line a little bit earlier than this where she goes in to tell Janine something and says Janine switched off her computer straight away to talk to me yay Aww. like that's so I mean, she just turned the monitor off, but that was so sweet. Important. Yes. Well, I mean, Claudia doesn't need to know what Janine's doing on the dark no. web. Yes. <laughs> but still. That's really sweet. <laughs> yeah, because like actually shutting it down would take like 10 minutes, but yeah. <laughs> it is now okay to turn off your computer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let me just save everything and yeah, hold on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so Janine goes in and talks to the principal for a while and then they invite Claudia in and Mr. Zorzi and uh, Janine has basically vouched for Claudia and said that she studied real hard and she totally could have got that A legitimately. And then the principal and Mr. Zorzi uh, agree that innocent until proven guilty is the basis of our criminal justice system and that maybe it's time they actually (laughs) sat down and figured out some kind of meaningful solution to this situation rather than just letting Claudia wallow. Innocent until proven guilty is the bedstone of our justice system. In this middle school, <laughs> it is also the, it has suddenly also become the bedstone. <laughs> Sometimes seventh graders cheat on, eighth graders cheat on tests. These are their stories. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that it's like, this is a fundamental principle for us when Janine has come in to vouch for somebody. <laughs> yeah. And it's it kind of it's kind of shit for you if you've been wrongfully accused and you don't have a Janine in your family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this has a lot of resonance with like Yeah. It, it modern maybe teaches kids more than the authors intended about how the world yeah. really works. Yeah. <laughs> it's great if a true crime podcast decides that you've been wrongfully accused. Exactly. <laughs> Then maybe you might get released after 25 years in jail. <laughs> yep. Anyway, in this case, it's just a test. Yeah. Janine is the Sarah Koenig of this. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, they decide that what they should do groundbreakingly is make the two girls take the fucking test again, which they could have done on the day when this arose. Yeah. That's what they should have done. Oh my God. I cannot believe it took them this long to work it out. This, ugh. It, like... Yeah, again, I can see why Mr. Zorzi is not on a proper contract. He doesn't deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> so Claudia is worried about resetting the test, but Janine tells her that she deserves a second chance and she can totally ace this again. And Claudia tries to study for it, but she realizes that she actually totally knows the material. And she figures that Janine is missing valuable time on her computer, so they don't need to study anymore. Aww. And yeah, they're so they're so considerate. And Janine's like, nobody gets away with calling my little sister a cheater. Yeah. They are adorable. She calls Stacy then and Oh, we lost Karen. Oh gosh, we actually did. She's gone gone. Gone gone. 
I Rick was really convinced we'd be finished by 10, and I'm like, we won't be, though. Has he met us? He was like, well, can you, like, get it all wrapped up early? Like, you know, just for you to stay focused. And I'm like, that is not within my control. <laughs> that's that's not our process. Like, we try. I tried. We always try. As best I could, but we always try. We're yeah. just like this as people. Yeah. Like, even sober, we're like this. I mean, we're doing better than we often do. I know. Like... Oh, I'm also very tired. If, if Karen gets back online, we might actually get this wrapped up within two and a half hours. This is pure Jared Mulray stuff going on here. Yep. I'm going to message Karen. Internet died back in a minute, Grant. Hi, I'm really sorry about that. No worries. God, that was bad. What was that? That took ages. Okay, the um, my internet there. Sorry about that. That uh, was like, like several minutes of just like me trying to log in here and nothing happened happening. I'm so sorry about that. Okay, no, don't worry about it. Okay, you good? Let's let's do this thing so that we can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So Claudia then calls Stacy and catches her up on everything that's happening. We get some delightful '90s phone business where um, Claudia thinks that if they talk for a while, Stacy will need to stretch the phone cord down the hall and into the coat closet so that they get some privacy. And Claudia <laughs> reflects that she is incredibly lucky to have her own phone in her own room. <laughs> so Stacy uh, is suitably impressed by everything that's happened. And she tells Claudia that by the time they have their next meeting, this will all be over. So Claudia goes to school the next day and she resits the test uh, sitting at a different desk so that nobody can see what she's doing. And it turns out that she has aced it yet again. She has done even better and only missed two questions this time instead of three. Um, Mr. Zorzi uh, apologizes and then um, calls Shauna back and tells her that he's got her bang to rights uh, she's going to have to reset the test as well. And Shauna finally cracks and confesses everything. It didn't even require anyone to use a bunch of suspicious <laughs> words. Um, she says that she can't reset the test. Uh, she doesn't know the material. And it's all been too much with, she's got too many extracurricular activities going on. And she figured that the only possible solution was to frame Claudia for cheating. <laughs> Mr. Zorzi is gently disapproving. We later find out that the principal is more disapproving. Uh, she gets an F and she gets suspended for two days. Thank goodness. She mm. got a consequence. Yeah. <laughs> I, finally. Marianne, fucking her verdict on this whole thing is, I knew everything would work out. No, you... Everything did not work out, Marianne. People took extensive action to cause things to turn around. This did not just, like, the universe did not take care of this. Also, you did not know everything would work out. You thought Claudia had done it. You cow. Yes. This is, this is an absolute, like, attempt at retconning, and we're not buying it, Marianne. No. Karen is frozen. Oh, I don't... Oh my god, Jared Mulray. Oh! She's back. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jared Mulray is definitely involved. Last thing I heard uh, Esther say was Marianne. And then <laughs> like, I want to know what we're roasting Marianne for. <laughs> for saying that she just knew everything would work out. Um, and this is not, in fact, what happened. Like people did things to fix it. Uh, yes, exactly. And Mr. Zorzi is like, 
still prejudiced towards Shauna. Like the bit where um where Mr. Sorzy says, uh Shauna, you'll have to retake the text tomorrow. And um Claudia's like, that's not fair. It gives her time to study. Like Yeah. Uh it's it's clearly Shauna getting preferential treatment again. Yes. Yeah. Um and the like it's it's the day is saved by Shauna having a change of heart and confessing, yeah. which like is very convenient. Um, it's kind of like the evil voice <laughs> in Michelin <is>. Web. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it turns out Shauna just cracks under pressure when applied by someone. Yes. Who can actually do something about it. And also like when she understands what the pressure being applied is, because she didn't <laughs> know there was pressure being applied. Yes. When Claudia just said weird things to her. <laughs> <laughs> Neurolinguistic programming. It works when it's somebody telling you that you're going to fail if you have to... <laughs> You like yeah, have to retake that's not a test. Neurolinguistic programming—that's like a speech act. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally neurolinguistic programming. <laughs> they neurolinguistically program me to be married by by making those vows. Mm. Sure. I I mean maybe I don't know. I have no idea what NLP is actually meant to be. Neither do I. <laughs> Except like. I think that it was becoming increasingly clear that none of us is very clear on what it is. <laughs> no. But that's not going to stop us invoking it extensively. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the final chapter, uh, Claudia's back in her room, um, getting ready for the next meeting, singing power ballads to herself, and all of her friends plus Janine pop in, and they've decided to have a surprise party to celebrate her sorting out her whole situation. Christy's just lost the run of herself and allowed them to use meeting time <laughs> to have a party. But also, <laughs> but also work. Then Claudia and Janine have a touching bonding moment. Claudia gives Janine a collage she's been working on. We are never told what the collage actually is of, just that she's been doing some collage and there might be pictures from a gardening magazine in it. And I am imagining that it's still kind of damp from all the glue. (laughs) But Janine is delighted with it and says she will hang it in her room with pride. Aww. What is wrong with my fucking internet? (laughs) <laughs> Jared fucking Mulroy, I'm telling you. I know. This is really cursed. Like, I mean, I, I probably have a maximum of a quarter of an hour here. Yeah. Like, and that, that, that's me being pretty optimistic. All right. We'll talk fast. <laughs> Whenever Karen gets back. Hello. Hello. Okay. I'm going down the ice cream shop to get a, an ice cream cone for Jared Mulray straight after we're done here. Okay, let's do this thing. Sorry. Everybody is happy. Everyone eats junk food. The triplets cannot pay off their debt through money, so they're doing it through labour. It's fine. Nobody cares. <laughs> Claudia's parents buy her a cake. They say that they knew that she was innocent all along. Uh, we have our doubts about that. But uh, it's a happy ending and everyone is happy. Anna Martin then tells us in her author's note that she was bad at maths too and she had a tutor called Johnny Valentine who lived across the street and she thought he knew everything. Johnny Valentine is a hilarious name and I want to know more about Johnny Valentine. (laughs) Yeah. He is not really called Johnny Valentine. He is probably somebody that she sent a Valentine card to one time. (laughs) Possibly. His name has been changed to protect his anonymity. Yes. (laughs) Um, For good reason. Listeners, we are going to talk real fast because Aoife is struggling with a baby and Karen is struggling with bad internet caused by Jared Mulray. So I'm going to whiz through (laughs) our outfits. The baby might also have been caused by Jared Mulray. (laughs) I mean, it's unlikely, but 
who knows? I thought the baby was caused by like a lot of scientists in a lab <laughs> doing things very intentionally. Maybe Jared Mulray worked there too. <laughs> oh God. The Jared Mulray Fertility Clinic. <laughs> Guys, literally, every time either of you has said Jared Mulray, I swear to God, my internet cuts out. <laughs> Esther, you said he's been caused by Jared Mulray. <laughs> He was like, fuck sake. Okay. That is terrifying. Okay, can we talk about outfits and then finish up? Because we are being haunted. Okay, Claudia, initially in the in the first scene when they're studying, she says that she's wearing her princess dye earrings, which we've discussed, mm-hmm. and a new green and blue tie-dye t-shirt dress over green leggings. I think that is what she is wearing on the cover of the UK book. Yeah. Points to Perfect. the UK. Yeah. For that, we knew people who would wear that exact outfit yes. unusually for these books. Absolutely. It's cool. Yes. Susan Taylor's got a lot of perms going on, mm-hmm. maintained with tiny cans of hairspray from her handbag. <laughs> when Claudia decides to go relentlessly, manically, toxically positive, she decides to dress as Miss Frizzle and uh, explains about Miss Frizzle and her educationally themed outfits, which I love. So she decides that she's going to dress sea-themed. Mm-hmm. So she puts on a blue skirt with brightly coloured tropical fish all over it, a green blouse to represent seaweed or something, <laughs> and a sand dollar barrette in her hair, <laughs> and a pair of jelly shoes that she's decorated with stickers of seahorses and shells, which is very cute, but sounds like something a five-year-old would do for sure. Yeah. Uh, she's then very embarrassed when she's called into the principal's office and is dressed as the sea. <laughs> I recently went to an academic event where there were um, readings from a number of actually quite well-known writers interspersed with performances by an avant-garde musician who uh, was wearing a black tulle ball gown um, and Crocs. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Also socks, black socks under the, under the Crocs. Um, And I was like, I just. Okay, sweet. I, 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 I guess I just don't understand. <laughs> I'm too old for this. <laughs> no, you're just not avant-garde enough. <laughs> Karen, tell us real fast if you think everyone was terrible in this. No, we've lost her. We've lost her again. Oh, even Fiat can't believe this keeps happening. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Jared Mulray uh, disproves of my anecdote. I'm sorry. <laughs> tell us real okay. fast if you think everyone is terrible in this. Shauna is terrible, um, but the educational establishment is also terrible. Marianne's terrible. Uh, oh yes, Marianne. Obviously, sorry. Yes, Marianne is really terrible. Um, uh, Marianne is her her actual worst self. I think we've previously said that she was her worst self, but in this one, she's her real worst self. Yes, this is a low point. Uh, y- yes, Mr. Zorzi is kind of crap. He he's shitty, but you kind of expect your teachers to be on a bell curve of shittiness. That's true. <laughs> at the lower end, <laughs> and we're side eyeing the Kishi parents. We we are, um, but I think Claudia's interpretation of their response may be influenced by just, I suppose, her whole lifetime of interactions with them. So that's not very <laughs> convincing. Yeah, though. even if they really, really don't think that she did this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have not redeemed themselves. They should have marched down there despite her telling yeah. them not to and been like, how dare you accuse my child of cheating? Janine is a real one. Dawn is great. Dawn is using her powers for good this time. <laughs> yeah. So is Christy, actually. Yeah. Christy oh, yeah. is a delight. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Hit us up on the social. We're on <laughs> Facebook and Instagram and for the time being, Twitter. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we are the podcast at Dawn's House on Facebook, Instagram and Tumblr and podcast Dawn on Twitter. And you can also send us an email at the podcast at Dawn's House at gmail.com. We don't have a mastodon yet. We don't have a mastodon. We refuse to get a mastodon. We're too old for this shit. I have a mastodon. It's easy. I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll set one up. Okay, you can you can you can do the mastodon. If I don't have to do anything with it, we can have a mastodon. All right, I'll see if I can set up a mastodon for us. You can also find Aoife's face monologues on TikTok. By <laughs> the time this comes out, I'll have persuade her to do that. We also have a coffee or a coffee or a you can buy us a coffee on coffee.com. You know the as one. the podcast at Dawn says, you know the one the thing where money is a thing. Also, rate and review us in your podcast apps. Uh, we love that. Thank you to the recent uh, reviewer who described us as dibbly fun. That delighted <laughs> and amused us. <laughs> Our next book is going to be Marianne versus Logan. Ooh. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a boys one, and I bet Marianne is not going to be above reproach in this one. <laughs> so, <laughs> something tells me her behavior might not be exemplary. So uh, we're looking forward to that. In conclusion, um, fuck Marianne. Yeah, fuck Marianne. And also, I'm I'm really sorry, Jared Mulray, for whatever I did. <laughs> Please give my internet connection back.